0: A a
1: bit of a rough start Thanks for riding with us But you know it's early 508, hi, Steve Cochran Show on the air Live from the 18th floor Of the beautiful 303 East Wacker Building Just steps from the Swiss Hotel And steps from the river
2: Which I considered jumping into just moments ago <laughs> Steve, I think you'd be comforted to know that we have launched an Inspector General's report, uh, investigation of what happened here this three morning. Three to six so. months
1: before we get that, Could probably? Be. We're going to have
2: hearings. We'll have hearings. Blue Ribbon Panel? Blue Ribbon plant. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe a special prosecutor. So Anna Devonta's first one to three show yesterday,
1: and she has the mayor come in on the day the mayor fires Eddie Johnson. It's a pretty good first show. It's a bad story. And as Steve just told you, the Tribune is reporting this morning. That there is security camera footage of the now former police superintendent uh, drinking and uh, standing outside, apparently drinking some more and drinking inside the restaurant, um, as we understand it, with a woman, quote, not his wife. Now, not his wife could mean a million things, obviously. The larger problem is uh, that he appeared to have lied about it, not just to the mayor, but also to uh, the rank and file into the city. And therefore, he had to go. So
2: I don't think, has there been anybody that's questioned her decision, Steve, that you're aware of? Not that I've heard of, no. I think everybody's been pretty uh, supportive of her decision, and at least the initial reporting I saw about it uh, says that she's sort of laid down a marker here, that she's not going to tolerate anybody not only lying to her, but being unethical in her administration. The uh,
1: th- there's really no gray area here. The police superintendent can't lie to the mayor uh, about his or her conduct, And we don't know who the next police superintendent will be. But I think the marker description as Steve just put it is accurate. It's really an unfortunate way to end a career. Um, Eddie Johnson, you'll remember, uh, got this job three or four years ago. Uh, didn't want the job. Uh, grew into the job. Crime statistics in particular have been moving in a favorable direction. He also, in the midst of it, had a uh, severe problem, uh, kidney problem. His son had to donate a kidney. uh, Saved his life. And uh, he had worked his way back into fighting shape to be on the job. he has been on this show many, many times. And I like him. I like him a lot. And uh, I think uh, he did a good job in his short tenure here. But it ends badly. And I wish him well on whatever he needs to do to fix things. Because he's got a lot of fixing to do now.
3: Even in his family,
1: right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. That's long uh, road ahead. A tough situation uh, all the way around. Uh, but at any rate, nice job, uh, Anna Devonta's first show. How About that, how she that's follow awesome. that? How she follow that today? What do you do for an encore, Steve? Is there any other uh, city or state scandals that
2: Anna could count on today between <laughs> one and three? <laughs> no, but uh, you know that was a pretty good get for day one. Yeah. Um, we're going to see if we can find that audio, too, and play it for you a little bit later on. All right, here's actually some of it we'll be using in our newscast coming up at the bottom of the hour. Okay.
1: And uh, we also have Orion Samuelson coming up, um, who's been a regular uh, friend of the uh, Steve Grzanich morning uh, opening bell 5 a.m. hoochie-coochie experience uh, for the last several years. And this is really prime time for Orion. This is uh, this is where Orion's lived for the last... <laughs> this <laughs> farmer's time. Years. Get him up. Yeah, Get out so. in the
3: fields. Let's go.
1: Uh, he'll be on later on. Uh, Kid of the week, uh, Adam Hogue. Adam Hogue will be on. Uh, Colly McGrath, one of my uh, favorite people, uh, representing one of my favorite uh, charitable things, uh, situations, will be on as well. Um, after 9, we start the annual tradition of Christmas Choruses and Choirs uh, in studio with the Let It Be Us folks from uh, Community Christian Church out in Naperville. And uh, another fabulous woman. Laura Jane Hyde has run Gilda's Club for years. Uh, she'll be on talking about uh, Gilda's Club. This is Giving Tuesday, which is the point of emphasizing those two charities. I mean, as you know, if you listen to the show, we do a lot of them here.
3: And I think it should be switched. We should give before we spend. So they should switch the Monday and the Tuesday. That's Tuesdays. a great idea. I mean, really. It should be the now, Tuesday before no, Thanksgiving. Yeah, because now people don't have enough money left over after they spent so much yesterday to give on Tuesday.
1: That's a great idea. they got to switch them. It's a really good idea. Yeah. Giving Tuesday, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, starting next year. Yes. Yeah.
3: Give before you buy. Yeah, and next year
1: idea. at this time, of course, will be uh, uh, two three weeks after the election. We'll know if America even exists at that point. <laughs> it's true. All right. Let's see if we can get back to Steve. Steve, are your microphone's still working? All uh, right.
2: Let me see. Yeah, it's on. All right. All right, all
1: right. Fine. So let me play a little chunk of this for you. This is uh, uh, The podcast is up, by the way, at WGNRadio.com and the app. Uh, But this is from yesterday's debut of the Anna Devlantis show. Is that what she's calling it? I assume she's calling it that. It's not the uh, Devlantis experience or. Yeah, she kind of wanted to go something along the super route. And I said, no, 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 that's been taken. Yeah. It's not. Hey, hey, here's Anna. Afternoons (laughs) at one. Uh, But she has had a long relationship uh, with uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot long before she was mayor. And uh, she had booked her to be on the show, and then obviously all this broke, and uh, credit to the mayor and her office that uh, they didn't cancel. So the question was posed by Anna. When did you know, uh, and what did you know? Here's the mayor from yesterday's uh, Anna Show.
4: I got um, a copy of the report uh, over the weekend. I read it um, along with um, the accompanying uh, video evidence, and it became very clear to me that um, the conduct that he engaged in on the evening of October 16th and into the early morning hours of the 17th were in and of themselves um, the kind of conduct that just was inconsistent with him continuing to be the leader of the department and in addition to that um, it was clear to me that in order to um, uh, mask what he had done he made statements in a press conference and then later to me um, that were just inconsistent with the reality of what had happened there was some news that the body cam tapes that the officers who arrived at that scene had initially talked to the superintendent at the scene when he was found asleep at the wheel near his Bridgeport home back at that moment when he said he had a few drinks and he said he had some meds for blood pressure and that was what we were told at that time but there were the body cam um, videotape is that what you were referring to when you say there were some tapes well um, there's, there are um, multiple um, videotapes but I don't want to get into the specifics of what any of them showed. It's just, as I said, the conduct at issue was one that was – just inconsistent with somebody who's a leader of a, a large organization where integrity and honesty have to be the rule of the day, um, and then coupled with the fact that he um, created a narrative for the public, for the press, and for me, that was just inconsistent
5: with the facts. Mayor, it's Steve Bertrand in the newsroom, so then I'm, I'm going to hone in on that a bit. So what you're saying was regardless of what he told you later, what he did that night was fireable. Yes. And will this Inspector General's report be fully made public. I know you've seen it. I don't think it's been released fully. Will we see all of it? You know, I, I
4: can't speak to that. Um, the investigation is still ongoing. Um, there are other other others whose conduct is being evaluated, and some additional facts. I think that the inspector general is going to be focusing on. So I, I don't have a timeline, and I didn't ask. Um, it's important that his investigation remain independent, um, but. It certainly would be my expectation that once it's finalized, that'll be an issue um, that will be considered by the city's corporation council. You may be aware, um, city council passed an ordinance a couple months back that um, allowed for the disclosure of certain of the IG reports and, and and on areas of high interest in the public. And I would think that this would fall into that uh, definition. You you made some very strong statements today mayor you said the old chicago way must not give way to Mm -hmm. must give way to the new reality and that there should be no mistake about the message you are sending today you're sending a very strong message about the superintendent and his conduct again is that about lying is that, that the conduct we're talking about well, look, I think that anybody who has the honor of being a public servant, particularly anybody in leadership, has to lead with integrity, has to be honest, um, and that there's got to be an accountability for all of us. And as I said earlier today, we're human. We are made as flawed um, individuals. None of us are perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. But the true measure of a leader is stepping up and accepting responsibility when that, when that happens, That's not what happened in this circumstance, quite the contrary, and that's what led to the decision that I made today. It was not an easy decision. It wasn't a decision I I entered into lightly, Um, but it was the only decision that could be made under the circumstances there were just no gray
5: i'd like to ask about your personal reaction because i remember the announcement of the retirement Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. you were standing Mm -hmm. alongside the superintendent and not only that you did something unusual in that you sort of um, chastised or warned the media not to ask questions that might be embarrassing with the superintendent's young son there Mm -hmm. Um, so you were fully on board at that moment do you feel he made a fool of you Look, I I really try not to focus on my own personal
4: feelings about this, but obviously I'm disappointed that he told me something that turned out to fundamentally not be true. Um, but I do think about his young son. Um, I'm a mom myself. And my daughter is not much older than um, his youngest. And, um, you know, the, the, he absolutely made mistakes, real serious mistakes in judgment and in conduct. Um, but, you know, I also... Um, realize that you have to take the longer view. Um, I'm hoping that he will find um, some redemption, um, because I do, as a person of faith, I believe in redemption. Um, And it's not my narrative to tell. It's his story. It's not my story. So I think it's important for us to make sure that the department is stable, and it is, that um, the folks there um, focus and remain focused on the mission at hand, which is to keep... People in every neighborhood of the city safe. That's the message that I brought to the command staff when I spoke with them um, earlier today, um, and I know that's the message that, message that uh, Interim Superintendent Tech- Beck will also bring to the command staff.
1: So there you go. That's a, uh, a good sized chunk of yesterday's conversation with Anna Devantis. That's Mayor Lori Lightfoot on the Anna Devantis Show. Anna's back this afternoon, and each day from one till three, and the full podcast of that. Mayor Laurie Lightfoot appearance is up as uh, are all the podcasts at WGNRadio.com and the WGN Radio app. So, uh, again, nice job all the way around and unfortunate ending to a career. And I don't listen. <clears throat> I don't know. I, you know, say what you will. I'm sorry he lied, but I, I wish him nothing but the best. And I hope he gets his act together because it sounds like it's a bit of a mess right now. now we'll do the top six at six at the normal time at six. Still to come in this hour, Orion Samuelson coming up. And speaking of news, Steve Grzanich, Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the CBS Evening News with Norah O'Donnell is now emanating from Washington, D.C. I saw that. I happened to be watching, and I was very surprised to see that. That's they kind of cool. moved the entire operation to Washington. It's was
2: the first of the network newscasts to not be based in New York. And uh, I think it's an interesting idea. There was a brief time, and again, I'm going to show my age here, but there was a brief time back, uh, I want to say, in the late 80s, where World News Tonight on ABC News had a uh, uh, correspondent, had an anchor in Chicago. I don't know if you remember that. Sure, Max, uh, Max, Max, Max Armstrong. Max, Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Max Armstrong as Robin, well. Robinson? Max Robinson. Yeah. yeah, Max Robinson. They had a three-anchor setup. Yeah. It was Peter Jennings in London. Yep. Frank Reynolds in wa- in no, Washington, and uh, Max Robinson was here in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. The three-headed anchor. Um, I do remember that. Yeah, and uh, that was. Was that the 80s, or was that that might even have been into the 90s? Yeah, I feel like I was in high school um, when it happened, which would have been, like, 1986. Obviously, most people don't get their news
1: anymore just from the network newscasts, and the majority of the audience is a bit older, uh, and uh, they uh, know what they like. Not that I know what it holds like. Um, but it's an interesting move to try to uh, get a, a piece of still uh, what is a considerable revenue chunk for the network. So can you name the, uh, the uh, lead anchor on uh, NBC? It's Lester Holt. That's right. Yeah. Obviously, did a lot of time here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you name the lead anchor on ABC, David Muir? And uh, David Muir, uh, that newscast. (laughs) I, I you know, I watch them because I'm a news junkie, but the, that, that newscast in particular is a tad aggravating because they seem like they're in an incredible hurry to get out over it's with. It's very
2: intense. It's, it's it really intense. It, it's right.
3: it's like, uh, you know, breaking news, breaking news. Right. It's like, what, that happened yesterday. That's not really breaking.
2: Yeah. And they're all, you know, <laughs> uh, I am a news junkie as well, but I appreciate the grizzled news correspondent. Yeah. And ABC News has a lot of really young, slick, beautiful yeah. correspondents. He is than, nice uh, to look at, I'll have to say that.
1: But I, I, it's like he has to pee. I, I don't know <laughs> what the deal is. I mean, it's just everything's got to be quickly.
2: Uh, and beautiful. Not a hair out of place, right? No.
1: Well, of course, no, no, well no. of course I'm bitter about that. Mm. Uh, Angels. It's uh, five twenty-seven. Let's uh, do this. We'll take a break. Come back. The early edition of the Steve Cochran Show. Now five to nine weekdays, and I'm glad you're up and listening. This is seven twenty WGN. Andy Mazur in for Dave Ennett. And before we get to the uh, news here in less than sixty seconds, mm-hmm. Andy, uh, the Blackhawks have suddenly uh, <laughs> just gone in the tank in yeah. the last three games. It's been ugly, um, and we're shut out by the Blues last night, four to nothing. Um, I, it's getting late, early, man. It's, it is uh, one third of the season is gone.
6: Yeah, I know early on in the uh, in the year when you were getting underway in October and November, oh, don't worry, it's early. Well, it's not as early as we think now. I mean, you're right. And begin toward the end of December, it's it's crunch time. Yeah, so they need to get it going and soon. Yeah, and they had a, a real good opportunity here against uh, a lot of division opponents that uh, kind of went by the boards.
1: They are literally, if you go by baseball standards, they are eight games back, one-third of the way into the season yeah. behind the Blues. It's a lot of ground to make up. Yeah, and Blues are playing pretty well as well. So uh, the Blackhawks have nothing but talent. We're not quite sure why the talent hasn't been able to gel a little better. Certainly they did for five games, and you, at least in my case, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a homer and a believer. Yeah, of course. And I thought, well, there's your real Blackhawks team. Now they're coming together. Yeah. And now these last three have been very disappointing. Yeah, they're not as good as they were then, and they're not as bad as they are now. So yeah, the first truth about. kind of lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's How not about your that? first day. How about that? My friend of many, 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 many years, and I love saying this, A legend who has been on this radio station for six months longer than I've been alive. 59 years now for Orion Samuelson. Uh, Let's get him on the radio here.
7: This is the Orion Report. Good morning. Corn futures firmed at the Chicago Board of Trade yesterday, edging up to their highest level in nearly a month, thanks to a round of technical buying, despite signs of poor demand. Soybean futures fell. Traders waiting for concrete signs of progress in the trade negotiations between the U.S. and China. At the end of the day yesterday, we find December corn up two and a quarter cents a bushel, and January soybeans uh, down four and a quarter cents, and wheat futures traded lower. The December contract down a penny and a half. Livestock futures, lean hog contracts dropped on a heavy supply. Cattle futures weak on technical sales. One analyst, Don Roos, said the hog market boils down to more of the same. Big supplies, record supplies. With these trade talks still iffy, where are the Chinese. They have been buying a lot of pork from us, but not anywhere near the volumes that could overcome the big supply. So at the end of the day yesterday, the February hog contract down $1.62, the December live cattle contract down $0.30 a hundredweight, and January feeder cattle down $0.05 a hundredweight. Harvest progress, pretty much finished. Corn crop, 89% harvested compared to a normal 98% percent, Illinois, 100% of the corn crop and 100% of the soybean crop harvested. And 100% of the soybean crop has been harvested. Wisconsin, though, showing up with only 86% of the corn crop harvested. That's AgBiz. I'm Orion Samuelson.
1: Thank you, Big O. And at uh, 541, uh, the kid of the week coming up after 630, as always. It's Giving Tuesday we got a couple of charities we're going to be highlighting. I will say this is kind of a mini text question, because uh, we do this every year, three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. If you've got a small charitable organization that you think we don't know about that you'd like me to mention, I'll try to get as many of those in as possible. So the name, what they do, and a website would be helpful. And I'll mention as many of those as I can. Uh, that's coming up to, uh, the, throughout the show. Let it be Christmas. The Christmas Choir. It's a cool thing they do, a community Christian church. That's my church, by the way, out in Iperville. Okay. And uh, they take Beatles songs, and they've adapted the Beatles songs into the story of Jesus. Ah, I love this group. They're so good. They're really good. Yeah, they're really good. And uh, that is a very limited two-weekend, I think it's only two weekends, uh, performances and well worth the effort to get to, as we call it, the Big Yellow Box on Ogden Avenue in Naperville and go see them. Dean will be on, of course. And again, the new schedule is, we're here till 9. Andy joins uh, John Williams till 10. John is on now from 9 to noon. Noon to 1 would be your Wintrust Business Lunch, uh, starting next Monday to be hosted by G. Suki, who just was sick of me. She'd done four months with me, and she's just sick of me. She said, give me another show. Please. Uh, so she'll be hosting that show starting next Monday. Um, and I'm kidding, obviously. 1 to 3 is Anna Devontis, and then 3 to 7 is Roe and then uh, Justin's occasionally on at night. The Hawks play again when?
6: They play on Thursday. That'll be an early uh, faceoff since it's in Boston, so uh, 5.30 pregame, 6
1: o'clock puck drop. And Northwestern plays when? They play tonight, 5.45 pregame, 6 o'clock tip. And I will tell you this, uh, Boston is getting hammered, and if you're flying east and you thought the blizzard of the weekend was over, not so fast. So just be advised if you're flying east to check your local listings because your flight could be delayed. You no, know, Dave added a good Boy Scout.
6: Has me come again tomorrow just in case, I think.
3: Now where did he have to go?
6: Boston. Boston. Oh. Yeah, that's right. where he's going. Dave. Yeah,
1: they're getting pounded right now.
8: Chicago's very
1: we thank our friends at Associated Bank and uh, Steve, the uh, Futures this morning. Um, The day is complete, obviously, in Asia and and winding down in Europe. How did we do overnight?
2: Um, We did pretty well uh, in Asia. The markets in China were higher, a little bit lower in Japan on the WGN Associated Bank market desk. We're watching futures in the U.S., though, after comments from President Trump this morning that a trade deal might be better to wait until after the election. Um, That has sparked a little bit of uh, selling this morning in the pre-market. Dow futures have been off nearly 100 points. NASDAQ and S&P futures are off nearly a third.
1: What we have found to be factual and true is there really isn't a lot of strategy as much as there is just answering questions as they're asked in the moment. And uh, it doesn't appear that there's any
2: strategy behind Trump's comments this morning, but
1: billions to trillions of dollars will move
2: because of it, right? Yeah. And, you know, this the market has, at least in the last couple of weeks, stopped reacting uh, sort of knee jerk uh, type reaction to the president's comments Uh, this morning. uh, They are. um, We have, you know, every day there's been some sort of comment about, well, phase one is almost done. We're getting close to a deal. Uh, the trade deal is moving along, that sort of thing. So uh, the markets have been ignoring that for the last week, but they uh, this comment this morning is you know pretty significant. Uh, the idea that you might wait until after the election or think it might come until after the election, well, that's a whole nother year, right, of, of waiting for a trade deal.
1: Yeah, and uh, a lot of money uh, lost uh, and a little bit gained by those who sell short and those things. But uh, it's not helpful. That's the bottom line. Uh, In other news, McDonald's is entering the chicken sandwich wars. You might remember that Popeye's fired the most significant shot of 2019 when they debuted their giant chicken sandwich. It was such a huge success that people died. And I'm not kidding. There was actually two deaths over the chicken sandwich. There were multiple fights in line. And uh, I tried it. Did you try it? The Popeye's chicken sandwich? I never got around to it. No. I never got it either. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It yeah, good. It's huh? good. It's not worth killing somebody over <laughs> no, it's not at all. It's Have, he he It not worth waiting in line I Lumbered did try it. Yeah, up. I finally
2: got to try it. I yeah. agree? Yeah, I, I think it was really good. And yeah. um, killing someone? Yeah, maybe I would. I don't know. It depends on
1: how hungry you are. Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, McDonald's is testing a new crispy chicken sandwich in two markets. You know, McDonald's, for all McDonald's, I haven't had a chicken sandwich in McDonald's in a long, long time. But I assume it's the same as it's always been.
3: I uh, had the the little dollar McChicken just last week. It's awesome. Is it? On the dollar menu? I, I have it all the time. If I go to McDonald's, that's what I order. But
1: in a world that has a Chick-fil-A in it, <laughs> regardless of how you feel about Chick-fil-A's politics, and a Popeye's in it, and a Wendy's with their chicken sandwich, they do a nice job, the little flat, squished uh, chicken thing that McDonald's does, it doesn't seem like, like they get it. I know, but I can get the fries with it. <laughs> well, there's no there's no legal prohibition against you getting the fries in general.
3: Well, the fries are the best, so I don't care.
1: McDonald's <laughs> franchises have asked for a Southern-style chicken sandwich as Chick-fil-A's threat to their business continues to grow. Popeye's, that Popeye's don't take on a chicken sandwich, helps its in-store sales go up 10% during the third quarter. I would have thought it would be more than that. Yeah, much more. I mean, you had lines from Popeye's for days.
2: Yeah, intruding on traffic, too, mm-hmm. on, on major streets, because people are trying to get in. Right. So here's what we know about the McDonald's sandwich. It's a fried chicken filet. Okay. It's on a buttery potato roll, mm-hmm. topped with butter and pickles. Ooh, so
3: I like the pickle So idea. it's
2: healthy and low-calorie. Yeah. Yeah, lots of butter there.
1: Deluxe version also includes tomatoes, lettuce, and mayo. Uh, the chain on Sunday uh, teased the test. going to run today, actually yesterday, through January 26th.
2: Uh, Houston... And Knoxville, Tennessee are the two test markets. Yeah, McDonald's put out a, t- a tweet uh, the other day that said, Houston, Knoxville, lunch tomorrow? Question mark, no beef. Uh, we'll see. Um,
1: but in a world where there's a lot of chicken sandwich choices, uh, I just feel like the
2: Ronald McDonald is uh, slipping here. <laughs> yeah, and you know this conversation has not included Chick-fil-A at all, has it? Well, I brought it up because the Chick Fil A sandwich, uh, you know,
1: is is solid. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to beat, frankly. And uh, you know, you got your pickle on there too. That's right. the southern move. The Chick Fil A move is the, the pickles on a chicken sandwich is a southern thing. So you put a little cheese on that sucker, and you got yourself uh, quite a sandwich. Yeah, pickles are definitely good, right? Yeah, these it makes any sandwich
2: better. Yeah, you know, the potato rolls are pretty popular now too with a lot of different sandwiches. Those are pretty tasty.
3: But I'm not big with the butter. Yeah. No, it sounds weird.
1: Butter, but, buttered rolls can't go wrong with yeah, butter. Yeah,
3: isn't that on the chicken sandwich? Well, that's also southern. Are yeah. You you
1: can't have southern food without butter. I know. I'm I'm just not with the butter. Are you from
6: another planet? Give me some mayo. Well, yeah. I mean, Wisconsin people. I mean, you're talking about the butter burger,
1: right? I mean, that's it's the same concept, oh. isn't it? Uh, Eight one five. I agree with uh, Mary. McDonald's McChicken is awesome. Something about that yeah. mayo, lettuce mix, and the uh, best fries and the best again, and the best again, price. The a fries can be ordered. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> yes. okay? Well,
3: if you're getting a sandwich, you might as well just go cheap and then get the fries.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, so a couple of charities mentioned. I mentioned earlier that uh, the charitable causes that are um, being referenced today are all part of you guys uh, chiming in with folks that you'd like to see me mention. I'll do as many of these as possible. Uh, 847, Careful. B-C-U-R-E-F-U-L, founded by a friend with her then teenage daughter. Was diagnosed with something called tuberous sclerosis complex. My son is marrying her daughter on Saturday. God bless. Uh, again, that's B. The letter B. Careful. C U R E F U L. Eight four seven. The Forgotten Initiative supports foster children and families. The Forgotten Initiative. Dot com. And I've spoken many times about uh, um, an organization called Let It Be Us, which my son is involved with, which also uh, tries to turn around. The ridiculous foster care problem we have in the state. We're dead last in foster care. It's inexcusable. And uh, one more from the 773. Wreaths across America, where they try to place a wreath at every grave in our national cemeteries. Uh, here in the Chicago area, there is support from this particular texture for the Abraham Lincoln National Cemetery. So there's just a small sample of uh,
2: places you can help on Giving Tuesday. All right, Steve, Outlook for today. What do you got? The outlook for today uh, includes uh, watching more of developments on this trade situation. We'll uh, wait to see how investors react to uh, that and uh, more of the president's comments. Uh, On the uh, economic report front today, the jobs are in the spotlight. Uh, ADP private payrolls uh, report uh, comes out. uh, That's tomorrow. Thursday, we'll bring a weekly look at first-time unemployment. The headline, uh, jobs report, the big jobs report, is coming up on Friday. Uh, So, uh, jobs highlighting the economic reports this week. Trade today. Uh, we'll see if the market rebounds from its losses yesterday. Along with the comments of President we, Pre- Pre- President Trump at the start,
1: even before the NATO meetings get, get underway, appeared with the boss of NATO and sat down for an impromptu press conference that lasted 52 minutes where he spoke on a bunch of domestic things that are not NATO or world issues. Um, slammed the Democrats, slammed the impeachment as a uh, a witch hunt. Um, but addition, made the comments that Steve referenced about China. And also some, Steve, I don't know if you caught this, some, uh, they felt bizarre in the moment, comments
2: about France. Yeah, the president had some uh, real pointed uh, words about uh, the French uh, president and uh, France. Um called them insulting, uh, called the French president insulting at one point. So, uh, you know, whenever the president goes on one of these long, wide-ranging press conferences, you can almost uh, bet that there's going to be something in there that makes news.
1: Um, and the question that people always have is, is this strategic or is it not? Uh, again, we've, we've not seen uh, anything that makes you think, yes, it's strategic as much as it is off the cuff. Uh, The anti-impeachment ad blitz is coming, by the way. There's a pro-Trump group uh, that is fired up by this impeachment. There continues to be talk about firing up the base. Um, It's hard to believe the base isn't fired up already. We sit here 300 and um, how many days till the election? 336. 336 days till election day next year. And the 30 to 40 to 45 percent, depending on what poll you believe, uh, that support President Trump, regardless of what's going on. It's just hard to imagine they won't show up to vote. The question is, will the rest of the country show up to vote? Because in uh, 2016, 100 million people that could have voted didn't vote. Uh, the other comments that came out of this morning's meeting, by the way, were largely around NATO and whether or not other countries are... Uh, this has been a, a a burn in his saddle uh, since uh, he came into office to try to get other countries to pay, quote, their fair share into NATO as opposed to the United States paying the majority of the costs of NATO Um, yeah it is unbalanced and he's right to bring it up Um, it's not the number one issue in the world and the other countries seem to have been appropriately shamed into catching up so I think Trump's done a good thing in regards to making sure that catch up happens but again at some point let's move on to the other things that have to happen and I can't imagine what those meetings must be like when Trump gets together with those other uh, world leaders. You know, when you, you know, when you're at a party and you're talking to folks and there's someone at a party that, um, well, maybe isn't the most popular guy in the room. And he's in a conversation circle and everybody seems to be playing nice, but it's kind of awkward. I mean, that's got to be it, right? Because he has taken pretty broad shots. At uh, most of the world leaders, as well as at NATO and uh, their countries and how they are, uh, how they're uh, they're operated. So, uh, the uh, Trump administration uh, gets some good news, uh, in part anyway, from uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine, who said yesterday, "Look, I never talked to the president from the position of a quid pro quo. That's not my thing." However, he included. I don't want us to look like beggars, but you have to understand we're at war. If you're our strategic partner, then you can't go blocking anything for us. I think that's just about fairness. It's not about a quid pro quo. It just goes without saying. So the quote you'll see is the first half of that quote from the Republicans today. We'll just talk about the fact that Zelensky said no quid pro quo. The quote in its entirety is what matters. Um, the Democrats, of course, won't focus on the first part either. So there's plenty of guilt to go around. Uh, Speaking to reporters at the White House before he left for this NATO meeting, Trump doubled down on his assertion that Zelensky's remarks had exonerated him, declaring that the interview should mean its case over and that he did absolutely nothing wrong. Um, Well, that uh, is not true. And uh, the uh, end of this remains to be seen. The uh, House Intelligence Committee's report will be released uh, today. And it's a question of whether or not it'll be released before uh, uh, Trump and the NATO attendees go to bed or if it'll be in time for them to comment. The Republican House members, uh, counter to that report, actually came out first. And that was released last night and contains the usual stuff you might expect if you've been paying attention to the story. All right, so there's your 5 o'clock hour, and I hope you're caught up. Uh, I feel like after a eh, little rocky start, Uh, We're underway, and we'll get to the top six at six after the news, and the news I speak of starts now. Again, all throughout the morning here on Giving Tuesday, I will highlight as many of the uh, charitable causes as I can that you send in at 312-981-7200. That's the text line. 312-981-7200. That is the text line. Send in, um, you know, the charity you'd like me to mention and uh, their website, and I'll get as many of those on as possible. Like this, 847, the Rotary Foundation, I lead our Giving Tuesday fundraising, and a gift of any size makes a difference. We're leaders in eradicating polio and provide funding for projects that help communities around the world. Polio came back. I mean, it's not obviously what it was when your parents or grandparents were kids, but um, is why vaccines matter. So uh, the anti-vaxxer thing does so much damage. Uh, next, Young Hearts for this is an A one Young Hearts for Life provides heart screenings for high school youth at no cost to students. I think Sandberg did that at um, her kids' uh, high school. You know, volunteered with a bunch of other moms. It's a good thing, yeah. Uh, and they find every time they do that, no matter how big the school is, they find at least a couple of kids who need further testing immediately. So. The Little Sisters of the Poor Chicago dot org. That's Little Sisters with an S of the Poor Chicago dot org. It's nursing home in Lincoln Park serving the elderly and poor worthy of giving. And uh, keep those coming at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. And again, I'll mention as many as I, as I uh, can. Cal's Angels is an organization we've talked about on this uh, show many times. And uh, uh, Cal Sutter is a little boy who died at 13 from cancer. And his dad Tom uh, and uh, his mom at Tom uh, pushed forward with this organization, and uh, and Stacy came into the picture, and she and Tom, while well, they were married. They, you know, built the thing uh, to big heights, and then Stacy Sutter continued to uh, build it to even greater heights. And one of the things they do at Christmas time is they provide um, a Christmas experience for families who are dealing with a very sick, terminally ill child, because you can imagine. If you have a child at Children's or wherever, and that child's in the hospital, they're your number one focus. And if you have other kids, as much as they're great kids and they try to understand, it's a little difficult. And to be able to provide a Christmas experience for them is a pretty special deal. So that's one of the things they do at Cal's. They've expanded in many, many different ways. But they have a matching thing going on now. And a Giving Tuesday goal, very reasonable Giving Tuesday goal, fifteen grand. We can get there. Uh, and you can go to Cal's Angels uh, dot org, and you can see all the details there. But uh, through the end of the year, up to 50 grand, they'll match a dollar for dollar. So your 50 turns into 100. And feel free to just you know, cover the whole 50 yeah. if you want right out of the gate. Uh, Ignite is a 43-year-old homeless youth organization on Chicago's south side, formerly known as Teen Living Programs. They intend to be the last program that youth need, um, but the uh, family that they can always come home to. It's a very important thing. Ignite Promise Dot org, And uh, also the Caneland Foundation uh, for Giving Tuesday. Would love your help, too. That's K-A-N-E-L-A-N-D. That's the Caneland Foundation.org. Uh, uh, 312-981-7200-630. Mutual Ground of Aurora works with victims of domestic violence eight one five Goodfellows of DeKalb Sycamore purchase Christmas gifts and clothing for needy kids. This year twelve hundred and ninety three kids will get a wrapped gift of clothes delivered by volunteers on Christmas Eve. How cool is that? So three one two ninety one seventy two hundred, that's the number text in a charitable cause that you'd like me to reference. If you throw the website in, it probably is going to even do a little more good.
9: Ready?
10: Welcome to the Top 6 of 6. What? On the Steve Cochran Show. That is great radio. This is your first look at what people, animals, and assorted fruits
1: and vegetables (laughs) will be talking about today. All right, item number one is, of course, the uh, story that is a national story this morning, and it's an unfortunate one. Eddie Johnson has been fired. As police superintendent, less than a month from his retirement date because of uh, ethical lapses that could not be tolerated by Mayor Lori Lightfoot. It's been covered throughout the morning, Uh, broken part yesterday on Anna DeValenta's first afternoon show. She's on every day now from one to three. Uh, Former L.A. police chief Charlie Beck, previously named Johnson's interim successor, to control the department after flying into chicago on monday afternoon i guess steve i thought he was staying in town until we found somebody but is he going back and forth
2: yeah i thought he was going to be here um leading all of that and uh, obviously working with johnson um, on the transition there is a full command staff so maybe he is you know going back and forth and and directing the com- command staff uh, the assistant deputy the deputy superintendent those other folks that may be there i had i thought he was going to be here permanently too Um, Item number two, Uh, Bob Fioretti is a really
1: decent guy, but he's got to stop running for every office in town. Uh, Former Second Ward Alderman Bob Fioretti formally announced his bid yesterday for Cook County State's attorney. He joins Democratic challengers and former prosecutors Bill Conway and Donna Moore are also seeking to oust incumbent Kim Fox. Fioretti said if she was doing a better job, I wouldn't run. There's also two Republicans uh, vying for the spot. Pat O'Brien, a former Cook County Circuit Judge, and Christopher I don't know this gentleman. Christopher Plankucci, P-L-A-N-N-K-U-C-H-E, who uh, ran against Fox in uh, 2016. Uh, Good luck to all. Let's have a nice clean contest. Now go back to your corners and let's figure it out. Next! (whistles) House Democrats moved forward yesterday with the next phase of the impeachment inquiry, putting the final touches on an Intelligence Committee report expected to form the basis of their case. The President Trump's effort to pressure Ukraine to announce investigations of its political rivals was an abuse of power that warrants his removal from office. The Republicans in the House have already come out with their counter to the Democrats' report, which isn't out yet, but will be before the uh, day is complete. One of the things that uh, the White House has not yet answered for is the contention that the president is all about fighting corruption, and that's all he was doing is demanding that the president of the Ukraine get involved in his corruption fight. Of course, the question they have not answered is, if you fully believe Ukraine is a corrupt government, why then would you ask them to investigate an American citizen and the former vice president,
2: if in fact you believe they're corrupt? And why would you give them the aid after all? Exactly. Yeah. Next,
1: <laughs> Cyber Monday sales in 2019 reached a record. How much? Ten billion? Almost ten no, billion dollars?
2: No, no, no. I don't think it's going to be that high. The last figure I saw was nine point two billion. Well, it's a lot of billions. It is. I think the estimate was for nine point four, and they got to nine point two. <laughs>
1: There was one hour that was pulled by Adobe Analytics, check this out, um, of the uh, top, uh, 80 of the top 100 retailers, and $11 million in sales was happening every minute for the uh, 60 minutes in that hour. That's uh, that's a lot <laughs> clicking.
3: My son was ordering stuff during dinner last night. I said, okay, stop. <laughs> he was. He goes, I got all my Christmas shopping done today. I'm like, okay. Anybody wow. Anybody
1: get a really sweet deal on anything? You want to brag about
3: Oh, I'm trying to think. I, I didn't I order think. anything.
2: I didn't order anything either. I no. got a good
3: deal on a Fitbit. Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. I didn't get anything either. Usually I'm yeah. right in there, but I didn't. Uh,
1: next. Uh, some in the Midwest uh bringing attention to a city ordinance in Wisconsin. Mary, this is where you spend a lot of your time. And I want you to know that if you get to Wausau anytime soon. We
3: pass through there all the time on our way. It's illegal to throw snowballs. Oh well, I'll have to throw one on my <laughs> way through. There's Look so you, many medical rebel. centers in Wausau. It's a great UW hospital area. They, they have plenty of you know. If you get hurt with a snowball, it's you go right places. in the hospital. Yeah, it's plenty of places to go. <laughs> well, that's
1: good. So that's good why thought.
3: why would they? Yeah,
1: the ordinance orders that you can't throw snowballs anywhere on public property, not on sidewalk, city streets, or at school. If you do, you could be fine. So you, but if, what if you're in your yard? It sounds like you can do it there. You can do your yeah. yeah. So if private you private property is fine. If you're on private property, you can peg anybody you want.
6: But what <laughs> happens if neighbors. it goes if it goes over your fence and then lands on a city street? You can't or go a get
3: sidewalk. It. Yeah, uh, or a sidewalk. Can't, can't go get, get it. On a sidewalk. Okay. So I suppose you can't hit your neighbor. That would probably be wrong too.
1: Well, that's the thing that's not sure, and I believe it needs to be court tested yeah. in Wausau. Yes. <laughs> that if I'm standing in my yard in Wausau and I whip a snowball at Andy Mazer's head as he walks down a public sidewalk, yeah. oh, am I bad. breaking the law or not? Because I threw said snowball from private property. But hmm? onto public property. Yeah, but this and is. The Andy Mazur's head. Yes, you know my what? head hurts. Super Joe, send us over to Karen Conti for legal discussion <laughs> tomorrow on the show. I want an answer to this. Got it. And then there's this. Uh, this winter, bear sculptures are going to be installed in the Pedway. Now, if you go downstairs in this building mm-hmm. at 303 East Whacker, you can take the Pedway all the way to City Hall. Um, in the Pedway, it is quite dark in spots. And the earlier in the morning or the later at night, there's shadows and sort of weird things you could see as you walk through there. So I think bear sculptures could be a little bit uh, intimidating. Well,
3: if it's a polar bear, they're not intimidating. Is it a polar bear or a grizzly bear?
1: Big black bear? You know, I'm going to have to get back to you on the actual types of bears that will be sculpted.
6: I thought you were talking about Khalil Mack or something like that. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Chicago bears. Oh, maybe. Oh.
1: No, that's not it. It's bears.
3: bears. Maybe it's a panda bear. (laughs) That would be fine. So
1: the art installation of bears will arrive just in time for the winter solstice starting December 20th as part of the Chicago Loop Alliance's uh, I, I, Massimals in the loop? What, what is Massimal? I don't know why it's called that. Massimal, it's just a, a cool art name that they came up with. So, if for whatever reason you find yourself in the Pedway, well, a lot of people may not even know the Pedway exists, but the Pedway literally will cover half the loop. And it does
3: need some decorating. It's pretty dingy.
1: Yeah, it is. but bears? I don't know. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, um, you know, when um, the, the global warming problem reaches its peak, and people start coming here from the East Coast because the East Coast will be underwater. I think we got to make them all live in the Pedway. <laughs> <laughs> with put the bears. them down there. Put them down there with the bears. <laughs> there's plenty of food. There's restaurants every yeah. ten feet. Oh,
3: yeah, plenty of cleaners, so. dry cleaners,
1: beauty shops. Six twenty-five. Do I need a break before I come back? Yeah, we need one more break. Well, let's do that now. Then, and uh, this morning, we're also wishing the best to President Carter, who's back in the hospital. The former president is uh, struggling mightily with his health at the age of uh, 95, I believe now. He's a good man. He's done an awful lot of good. And uh, he has beaten everything from terminal cancer to his latest fall to who knows what. So God bless you, President Carter. We hope you're going to get home soon. Uh, We're back in a moment at 720 WGF. Got to clean up one thing from yesterday um, because we didn't get a chance to get to the story. You guys remember I told you a story about the plane that had to be diverted There was a woman on a plane that wanted to sit in a better seat, and they couldn't upgrade her. So she faked an illness to try to get a better seat on the flight. An American Eagle flight from Pensacola, Florida, to Miami had to return to the airport around 626 in the morning on Friday. Within an hour of takeoff, uh, the plane had to turn around because a passenger was in need of medical assistance, or so she said. Shortly after takeoff, a female passenger began complaining and asked for a bigger seat. When she was told by airline employees they could not offer her better accommodations, she suddenly became ill. The pilot rerouted the plane back to Pensacola due to the claim of illness upon their arrival. Employees realized the woman was faking the illness. Obviously, they thought she was and asked her to get off the plane. Um, She refused to deplane and police were called to remove her. Other passengers deplaned normally, and the woman agreed to get off the plane after conversations with police and the flight. Captain, the plane then redeparted at 741 for the second time. The woman was taken into custody and taken to a mental health facility for evaluation. This is under a law called the Baker Act. Due to certain comments uh, to officials, the Baker Act in Florida allows officials to detain people who they believe are mentally ill and possibly dangerous. Wood said uh, the woman who is not being named by police because she was taken into custody under this law, has not yet been charged. But that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. Everybody on the plane gets affected by this knucklehead because they were going to Miami for a reason. And they were going at that time mm-hmm. for a reason.
6: To get as much out of their Thanksgiving holiday as possible. It's
1: kind of amazing when you think about it, that with all the flying in in all the planes and all the airports, Because there's an ass on every plane. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of amazing that there's not more violence in the sky. Somebody just goes, I'm going to grandma's whether you like it or not. (laughs) Now you sit down. Give me my seat. Right? Let me pay $109 for an upgrade. So, uh, anyway, uh, all's well that ends well. From Pensacola to (laughs) Miami. And uh, we've got our uh, team coverage, of course, if anything changes. It's uh, Giving Tuesday, and an opportunity for you to give. A lot of charitable uh, causes are matching those donations. And you guys keep texting in your charities and your websites, and I'll plug as many as I can. Print some more of those for me, uh, you guys, and uh, we'll hit a few of them in a few minutes. But right now, it's time for... Do you know what what it's time for, Andy? I've heard rumors,
6: so I I want to make it it official. Okay, and
1: it is official. Yeah, kid of the week is where we stop each week and we recognize kids doing great things. It's good to know. Yeah,
6: were you a good kid? Uh, I was an average kid. Yeah, yeah. I had did my you do uh, nice things. I, I had my moments. Yeah, I had my moments of of you know people saying you did nice things, and I had my moments of people saying, eh, "Why'd you do that?"
1: Yeah, I, I picture you as being an easy kid. Yeah, I guess I was yeah. in the grand scheme of things. So was I. I was a delight. I don't know why you're laughing at that. <laughs> I'm not uh you can send in your kid of the week entries to me at uh, wgnradio.com just uh uh, search kid of the week and there's a simple form to fill out right there as we welcome wyatt and porter in studio good morning gentlemen good morning lean right into those microphones fellas hello wyatt how old are you i'm 12 12 years old how about you porter
11: i'm 11
1: and who are you to each other brothers brothers is your your dad, your mom, both of them? Are they like country music fans? No, no. Why were you named Wyatt?
11: Um, because they say after a cowboy. Yeah.
1: Cowboy country music, sure. What about Porter?
11: I don't know. They, I don't really know.
1: You're curious about? it? You're gonna ask someday.
11: I think they named me after pizza, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Porter's pizza. There you go.
1: Could have been Domino's then. Yeah, Domino wouldn't be a terrible name. It's not a great pizza, but it wouldn't be a terrible <laughs> name. So, Wyatt, you're in uh, seventh grade?
0: Yeah. Yes, I am.
1: What do you want to be when you grow up?
0: Um, I'm not completely sure. Ah, we're
1: going to need an answer, Wyatt.
0: Uh, I
1: didn't get up at four in the morning just to not get an answer from you, pal. Come on. Um, Who I, am I kidding? Three in the morning.
0: Um, I'd like to be an engineer. An engineer? Mm-hmm. What would you like to engineer? Uh, aerospace.
1: Well, see, you have a, a total plan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Going to build rockets, or what are you going to do? Um. Maybe a rocket. You
1: know what he's saying? Well, why it's going. How about you back off? I gave you an answer. How about you back <laughs> off for a second? Uh, what about you, Porter?
11: I want to be in the Air Force and then I want to be an architect.
1: An Air Force architect? Well,
11: I want to be no, in the I, Air I'm Force kidding. then an architect.
1: What's going on with your hair?
11: Um, I dye
1: it. Yeah, what color is that?
11: Um, blue. It, it used to be blue, but then my blue kind of trades to emerald.
1: Wow. It's kind of cool. Sort of matches your shirt. Um, and uh, do you go with different colors when you die? Um, Are you sure. theme- a thematic? Do you like orange at Halloween or
12: what?
11: No. Um, my friend, me and my friends usually dye her hair together, so um, I just do whatever they want.
12: Okay. All right.
1: Well, it's cool. Makes you an individual. Makes you you. Right?
0: Right. Right.
1: You guys get along okay, Wyatt?
0: Uh, sometimes.
1: Support <laughs> or listen to you because you're the big brother?
0: No 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 not no, at all no. never no
1: so you have the same room or you have separate rooms we
11: separate have separate rooms.
1: rooms cause you can't get along cause you're killing each other is that pretty much why
11: no no I think it's just because our house has three bedrooms
1: no you gotta do something with the other two yeah yeah okay you guys always this excitable um you're a wild man Wyatt I can tell
0: it's early Steve
1: you telling me? <laughs> <laughs> My alarm went off at three. Yeah, right, you're probably not used to it. <laughs> I want I want you to talk about what you do. It's a very cool thing you guys have done. We'll talk about it when we come back. Hello and welcome back. It's uh, six forty seven. It's Kid of the Week, and uh, in studio. In case you just turned your radio on and missed the introduction, Wyatt and Porter uh, Snopko and uh, Wyatt, uh, where do you go to school? Uh, Thompson Middle School. Yeah, same for you, Porter. Yes. All right, get into that microphone for Porter. Yes. All right, so Wyatt, since you're the big brother, you get to tell me, what do you guys do to help others?
0: Uh, well, we collect socks and underwear for the uh, all the homeless people in our general area for the winter, and then donate them to the homeless shelters.
1: And do you know what shelters those are, Porter?
11: Um, Hesed House and Lazarus House.
1: I've worked with Hesed House a lot through the years. They're really good people. Now I don't know Lazarus House as well, but I know of them. They do great work. And wh- wh- why are socks so important?
11: Um, well, if you don't have socks, then, well, sometimes if you don't have socks, you can get cold and you can get the flu or a cold.
1: And well, there's a lot, yeah, a lot of health stuff that comes through your feet, right? So you got to take care of your feet. I mean, that's part of the deal. So you said socks and uh, under undergarments as well, because uh, uh, sadly, folks who are homeless might not have, you know, clean undergarments to wear, right? Yeah. Well you guys are good dudes. Where do you get the
0: stuff? Um well we take in donations from uh people in our area, like at our school we have um donation bins. bins around there. Oh you have bins. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we have a donation bin in front of our house.
1: Um and people drop off obviously new stuff packaged, mm-hmm. right?
11: So far, we've gotten over 650 pairs. Nice. And we've only been doing this for a week.
1: That's excellent. Mm -hmm. How have you been publicizing
0: it? We uh, talk in all our classes at school. And And my mom's Facebook.
1: So mom's getting it done on social media for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this will help, too. So uh, you'll get more stuff going on. So where are these bins?
0: Um. So at our school, we have pods where our main classes are, and then we'll have a bin there, and then we have one in the front office. At school? Yes.
1: Anywhere else in the community?
11: In, our, on, in the front of our house. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm not big on giving out your home address, but I'd like you to get more donations. So is that cool, if we said where you guys live? All right, so where, where do you
0: live? Uh, 612 Fellow Street in St. Charles.
1: Okay. And if people come by, you can drop that stuff off, and you guys collect it each day and you turn it over. When do you actually do the drop off of all the stuff? Uh, the week of Christmas. And where's the big pile of underpants and socks now, Porter?
11: Um, in well, what used to be our dining room. Porter. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now
1: it's underpants and socksville.
11: <laughs> no, not really, because my mom started selling paparazzi, and um,
1: selling paparazzi.
11: It's um, jewelry.
1: Oh, okay, because paparazzi, that's the photographers who take pictures of celebrities.
11: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: so she's selling swag. So she's making jewelry in the house.
11: Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, This is such a nightmare for her when the IRS finds out. Uh, It's really cool jewelry, too, let me tell you. Oh, you know
0: about this? Yeah, it's a vendor. Oh, very cool. It's cool stuff.
1: Well, I'm proud of you guys, Mm -hmm. and you should be proud of yourself. What got you started on this?
0: Um, We uh, realized that um, not everybody would be as fortunate to get gifts for Christmas and not even be warm. And we wanted to make sure that they were. And have you been to uh, the Hesed or Lazarus?
11: Yes. We drop the socks off personally.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you do?
1: Uh, Ryan, the guy that runs Hesed, is a really good guy. And it's an amazing group. And I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know until I got to know Ryan a little bit. There's families that end up living in these places until they are able to get back on their feet. Mm -hmm. You know, they get up in the morning, they go to work. Because a lot of people, you guys know this, a lot of people have an image of homeless people is that they're uh, addicts and abusers and, uh, you know, have lost in life. And that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So people have uh, had a bad break here and there, and now they're trying to get their lives back. So, as I said, I'm proud of you guys. You're doing a good thing. Thank you. Thank you. What do you want for Christmas?
11: Um...
0: I'm not very, com- I just really like uh, pop figures, which are like sort of action figures.
1: Well, like one. what? What is that?
0: Um, so uh, different things like uh, television shows and comic books. Oh, pop culture stuff. Uh, no, like there's an actual company called Pop Funko, which makes it. Oh, yeah, I know action. Pop Funko. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically. That's all you want? Uh, you're making yeah, a note of
1: this? Steve, do you really know Pop Funko? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. I, I, never, I, I didn't quite understand why they got popular <laughs>
11: okay.
1: uh, with their funny faces. Uh, and what about you, Porter?
11: I want an iPad Next Generation 7.
1: Oh, uh, or... yeah, you're the expensive kid. I got Funko over here, and you're going uh, bring it on.
11: He wants an iPhone 11. I don't... I
1: don't... <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't out your brother. Um, but uh, oh. I. Uh,
11: either want an iPad Generation 7 or uh-huh. an iPad Mini 4.
1: And, and what are you going to use it for? Minecraft. <laughs> Dude, I love your honesty, but the answer is schoolwork. <laughs>
11: That's not true. <laughs> well,
1: it's a pleasure to meet both of you. Please keep up the good work. And thanks for getting up so early and coming down. And be nice to mom and dad, okay? All okay.
8: right.
1: All right, you guys be good.
8: Thank
1: you. See you later. That's uh, our new friend's. How about these two? Uh, yeah. You, you, by the way, yeah, compared to these guys, yeah, huge disappointment uh,
6: to me, big time disappointment.
3: Were you and your brother so, doing that? Uh, no, we that were
6: not <laughs> doing that. We were uh, collecting things
1: for ourselves <laughs> and hitting each other exactly. We were talking about snowballs earlier. Yeah. My brother and I were throwing snowballs at cars as they <laughs> yeah. as they passed the house. Before there was a law against it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, here's a few more on Giving Tuesday, uh, eight four seven. I've been volunteering at Save a Pet, a true no kill shelter, for fifteen years. They've saved over sixty three thousand. Homeless cats and dogs rely 100% on donations to cover their operating costs, uh, which uh, can be a million bucks annually. I hope you can help support this great cause. It's SaveAPetIL.org. That's SaveAPetIL.org. Six Real, please give uh, to Dunka, D-U-N-K-A. We provide assisted technology training and computer training to empower persons living with disabilities. We empower people to live with more independence in their home, at work, and at school. Your donation today, giving Tuesday, will be matched by the Naperville Noon Lions or the Coleman Foundation to raise uh, as much as $19,000 in 2019. It's uh, D-O-N-K-A. Uh, I believe I said Dunka. It's D-O-N-K-A. Dunka Inc., uh, dot org. And uh, thank you for that. 773, the Child Care Society, founded in 1849 to help kids orphaned by a cholera epidemic. 170 years later, CCCS is focused on early childhood education, youth development, and family preservation for vulnerable kids, youth, and families and communities on Chicago's south side and south suburbs. That website, cccsociety.org. 312, tell everybody making a difference uh, rescues uh, facebook page is the place to go they're the best at helping abused animals um, find homes vetting and, and care for and been honored to help them for more than 10 years they're in shannon and that's making a difference uh, rescue making a difference rescue is uh, the facebook page you're going to search for there fundingfutures.us this is from the 708 dedicated families and pros in chicago and Chicago land areas uh, supporting the cognition research efforts Um, of the Lumine IDSC Down Syndrome Foundation, whose mission is to focus on preventing Alzheimer's onset, improving cognition, developing gene therapies, and advancing understanding. And from the 262 St. Peter's in the Loop, Madison Street Homeless Shelter, uh, you can go to fran, fran and Fran Outreach and help those folks out. One more pet uh, situation here six three oh the mobile me- mutts the mobile mutts he tried to say pet rescue mobile mutts rescue uh, dot org as well. So keep those coming at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Adam Hogue coming up on the Bears. And uh, a great organization uh, that uh, my friend Colleen McGrath is a part of. She'll be in to talk about that in a little bit as well. Do whatever you can today on this Giving Tuesday. You help more than you'll know, and you'll feel good about it as well. 656, we're back next on 720 WGN in the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Warren Buffett drinks five cans of Coke a day, and he's the third or fourth richest person in the world. Is there a correlation?
2: I don't know. I think he eats McDonald's every morning, too. He likes to go in and get the the biscuit, the McBiscuit, I think, or the one of the McMuffins. Warren, I think you're right about that. Warren Buffett
1: famously consumes five... This is from Business Insider. Five cans of Coke a day. The Berkshire Hathaway billionaire drank Pepsi for nearly 50 years, um, but only switched because an old neighbor intervened. That's Don Keough, a coffee salesman who lived across the street from Buffett in Omaha. Turned out a chance to invest with him eventually became... Coca-Cola's president operating chief, and after learning that Buffett drank Pepsi, Cola, Cherry, sent him samples of the upcoming Cherry Coke at the time, and Buffett switched, and now he's a Coke man. Is it the really expensive Coca-Cola with the diamonds in it? <laughs> you would think, right? Because he can afford it, but he's still driving the old pickup. Huh. And he lives in his, hes um, not not the house that he grew up in, but I think it's the house he's had since he got married. It's very, if he needs help spending money, he can just invite me over. I think you know. I, I mean, I think if you've got, for instance, he owns ten percent of Coca Cola. That stake alone is t- is twenty two billion dollars. Um, I think if you've got fifty to one hundred billion, um, uh, you know you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you can eat McDonald's. You can drink all the Coke you want. But again, the health message we're trying to get to you from the show this morning is: if you want to be a billionaire, pound the Coke and hit McDonald's drive through. Any questions? Yeah. Hey, guess what? It's Adam Hogue time. We're big Adam Hogue fans. Yes, we we are, and we haven't played stump Adam Hogue in a long time. Uh, This game, he hates this game more than anything in the world. And what I do is I ask people to call in, and if you have a question for Adam Hogue that he can't answer, you'll win. And the only rule is it can't be about sports. Uh huh. Stump Adam Hogue. I like the premise. Got some nice prizes to give away. Like the premise. Including tickets to see Beauty and the Beast. Now playing through January 19th at the Paramount Theater in Aurora. Disney's most beloved animated film. Comes to life on stage with all the enchanted castle characters. Um, I may be out there with Abigail. Nice. That's right. Oh, She's going to love it. Don't you think? Yeah, Dean said it was awesome. Remember? Get, yeah, I did. Get tickets at ParamountAurora.com. We've also got Lou Malati's Pizza. We have Apt gift cards. Uh, the American Weathermakers folks. The indoor Weather Station. So... A question for Adam Hogue. We'll okay. do this in the second segment, but you can call in now. It can't be about sports. Right. 312-981-7200. Stump Adam Hogue. Let's go it. Adam Hogue now.
9: I'm going to just keep ignoring that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you today? I am good. I'm over at uh, WGN-TV today.
1: And uh, you're talking football?
9: Talking football, Doing actually doing all the sports this morning. Oh, you are? um But yeah, plenty of Bears stuff because got to talk to Akeem Hicks yesterday for the first time in a long time. Is he uh, back? He is. He's back in practice. And if the Bears can win this game, he's not eligible to play Thursday night. But if the Bears can win it, all of a sudden that game in Green Bay on the 15th, Looks pretty huge. And Akeem Hicks would be back and eligible to play. And I think we've seen on defense, he matters a whole lot. He makes mm-hmm. a big difference. He mm-hmm. makes life a lot easier for Khalil Mack to get to the quarterback.
1: Has Khalil Mack been uh, game-planned out of uh, his influence, or is he a little off his game uh, this year?
9: No, I think it has a lot to do with how teams were able to scheme for him once Akeem Hicks was, was taken out of the picture. Just... Once uh, you don't have to double team somebody else, then it makes it a lot easier for you to to double team him. But also, they, they you know they were coming up with a, a, a number of ways to uh, you know run away from him, roll the quarterback away from him, basically take him out of plays and really limit the the chances of him getting real one on one opportunities to sack the quarterback. Maybe to like five times per game. Now I do think the Bears have done a better job the last two games of. Scheming back and getting, you know, finding ways to to compensate and make sure the quarterback's getting closer to number fifty-two. Uh, but also, I think they're also playing the Giants and the uh, and the Lions, and those aren't the you know the greatest teams in the world. So I think that helped Khalil Mack too. Getting Akeem Hicks back on the field would would make a huge difference.
1: This game on paper, which we'll talk about, when we come back. I want to get Andy Mazur involved here too. Obviously, uh, that could be very entertaining, or. It could suck like nobody's <laughs> business, so uh, we're hoping for the entertaining part. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Stump Adam Hogue when we come back. Adam Hogue is uh, standing by, and uh, we'll get to Alex to stump Adam Hogue before we're done here. All right, so uh, Andy, uh, what's your uh, what's your thoughts for Adam here?
6: Yeah, I'm I'm curious about uh, Trubisky because uh, you, you pointed it out, Adam. I mean, it was the Giants and it was the Lions. Uh, I mean, can you get a better read on uh, him developing at least this year from those two games? And what can we expect this week?
9: Well, I think the a a lot of the the talk that we've had about Mitch Trubisky this year has been about confidence right so it certainly doesn't hurt if he gains some confidence playing some of these uh, teams that obviously aren't as good so, but you can't play the Lions every week he's been outstanding against the Lions in his career but you already played them twice you already beat them twice so the, these last four games are much much tougher the Cowboys have a really good front that he's going to see on, on Thursday night so I think we'll get a better idea of whether or not Trubisky has really improved, but uh, he did just play well in a four-game stretch. I maintain that he played well in L.A., even though that wasn't uh, a very pretty game. I thought the quarterback played okay and apparently you know, had a hip injury during it, too. Um, so that's a quarter of the season right there that we just went through, where Trubisky played pretty solid, pretty good football. Now we'll see if it can continue the last quarter of the season, and if it does, then that'll really mean something. I brought this up to Hamp yesterday.
1: And you're around this twenty four seven, so you would know Adam Hunk. uh But I, I don't know that that he is playing as well as we had hoped, or we've lowered the bar so much yeah. that uh, he's just short of a participation ribbon. Um, uh, which is it?
9: Uh, I think there's I think there's some element of that. I think that's completely fair. That that he struggled so much early on in the season that. Um, you know, any glimmer of, of success is, uh, you know, maybe magnified uh, just like his struggles are. But that's, you know, that's the quarterback position in the NFL. Uh, everything seems way worse when things are going poorly, and then everything seems way better than it really is when things are going well. Uh, that's really just the NFL for you. I, I, I like to look at things, you know a little bit more specifically and and I look at those throws he made in Detroit. Yes, it may have been against the Lions, but those two throws he made to Anthony Miller on third downs in situations where the Bears really really needed their quarterback to step up and make a play. It was tight coverage against Justin Coleman, who was one of the most sought after free agents this past off season that the Lions signed from Seattle and paid him a lot of money, and Mitch put those balls right on the money for his wide receiver to make a play. So I do think plays like that matter. And if it gives him more confidence going forward and he can build on that, then it, it, this should not be overlooked.
6: You, you talk about the receivers because there's been some injuries of late and there's been some new personnel on the field, both at the uh, the receiver position and also at tight end. And it, it, I guess it's kind of impressive to see what Mitch has been able to do because it's not really easy to, to get a, a good rapport with a guy who's just playing for the first time.
9: Yeah, and I think um, a couple things have happened these last couple weeks. Uh, Again, we have to throw out the teams that they were playing aren't aren't very good, but... Uh, The emergence of Anthony Miller at the wide receiver spot is huge because on those two plays I just mentioned, those third downs, the Lions were double-teaming Allen Robinson. And part of the problem this year is because they've gotten zero production out of their tight end position, specifically the U tight end that Matt Nagy uses in his offense, it's been much easier for defenses to load up on other key players like Tariq Cohen or whoever's out there as the Bears' number two wideout. And Allen Robinson right now is commanding so much attention because he's playing so well that finally a different wide receiver stepped up and started making plays and that's what the Bears need from Anthony Miller who's a former second round pick who's a big piece of this puzzle and he's had some issues with lining up properly and having penalties and and, and just mental lapses which apparently he still had in that game in Detroit but for him to come up and and make big plays in one-on-one coverage when the Bears needed him to that's kind of the the tiny it's not tiny but some of the stuff that still does matter even if the Bears don't end up going to the playoffs
1: one of the things Ham is uh, focused on, and I don't disagree because I'm old like he is, uh, is a, a sense of a lack of urgency, uh, a lack of panic even, if you will, when you're in a must-win situation like this. Is that a function of the modern athlete, or is that a problem for the Bears?
9: Uh, you know, are you are you bringing that up as like a negative thing, like the Bears just don't seem too worried? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, right now that has more of a function of the head coach really trying to keep his team focused on the next opponent. And that is a cliche, and it always will be in sports. Um, but it's also a very effective cliche in terms of actually winning your football games. The Bears cannot... It, it, you know, it was almost awkward talking to Akeem Hicks yesterday, because Hicks can't play Thursday. Right. And it's like we were already talking to him about the Packers. Uh, now he can look ahead to the Packers because he's not playing this week, but if anybody else in that, that locker room has that mindset, then they're going to lose to the Cowboys. And if they lose to the Cowboys, the last three games don't matter. They can't lose again, and so they really do have to remain focused on the task at hand. So I think that's part of what's going on right now with this Bears team.
6: All right, as far as the Cowboys go, we know about Ezekiel Elliott and what he can pose to uh, a defense. And then just explain that I, I heard some of what uh, Matt Nagy was talking about yesterday with Chuck Pagano, the new uh, defensive coordinator. We're kind of keeping things together with all the injuries. Uh, how do they match up against uh, against this Cowboys offense?
9: Uh, well, I think right now the the Bears are doing a pretty good job defensively of hanging in there without Akeem Hicks, without Danny Trevathan, who's a big big piece, and, and I think Chuck Pagano's doing a good job right now. Um, the Cowboys have a really good offensive line. They're a little bit banged up, uh, but that's been a strength for them. Right now, though, the Cowboys are going through the type of slump that the Bears were earlier this season, where something right now is just not clicking. They're not playing great football. Uh, their head coach is under firing. Right now, Jason Garrett could be gone at the end of the season. And so it's one of those things where the timing of this matchup might be good for the Bears because the Bears seem to be hitting their stride again while the Cowboys are going in the other direction. It's a night game at Soldier Field. Hopefully, the crowd is into it because it's been kind of up and down this year, understandably, because the Bears aren't meeting expectations. But, you know, with that cold weather, Dallas is a dome team. It, you know, there are some factors here that are playing in the Bears' favor.
1: Uh, we'll talk to Hamp about it uh, before the week is up, obviously. And, Adam Hogue, where do we get your podcast?
9: At WGNRadio.com and whatever podcast apps the kids are using. they're all It's it's on all of them.
1: Good news, Adam Hogue. There's still time for Stump, Adam Hogue. And we yes. go to Alex on the phone. Good morning, Alex. Morning. All right, Alex, what's your question for Adam Hogue?
9: All right. Introduced in 1995,
2: first known as Conterra by the Shell Company and then reinvigorated <laughs> in 2009
9: by DuPont. <laughs> What is the new carpet fiber known as Triexta made primarily out of? This is a perfectly fair question, Adam Hogue. At least this one's not going to make me sound dumb like most of them. No. Yeah. What is the carpet fiber of which our friend Alex speaks? Um, I'm sorry, I can't. I, I can't hear you guys anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. The technical problem? <laughs> yeah, we having a technical issue. Here. Alex, what is the carpet fiber? Uh, carpet fiber is called Triexta. Of course. Made primarily out of plastic
1: bottles yes and and so you know trying to do the right thing with recycled product turning into carpeting oh adam Hogue, you're a huge disappointment to alex and to me as well but at least you know one. football at least you know football <clears throat> thank you buddy bye guys have hey absolutely hey alex don't hang up don't hang up alex uh, can i get well, you tickets for beauty and the beast i have actually already seen it all right can i get you a pizza <laughs> how about a pizza and an app gift card pizza would be great. I appreciate it. All right. Remember, eat the pizza, spend the app gift card. Don't confuse those two. (laughs) I'll I'll try. All right. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Hold the line. It's a very fair question. I I thought thought so, too. I was thinking about it the other day. (laughs) You were thinking about that exact question? Exactly. (laughs) I didn't know that. I thought the answer was shag. So (laughs) I would have gone with shag. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Because if all else fails and someone asks you a carpet question, the default (laughs) answer should always be shag. (laughs) Or burger. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh 7200 for any charities you'd like to me uh, like to me, like to have me mention. We'll get to again as many as we can between now and nine when John Williams gets here, and we'll get to the news next. Hi kids, seven thirty nine. I uh really uh, enjoy alright <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna shut up now before I cause myself to have another meeting. Did you know I'm allergic to meetings? Were you really? aware of that? Well, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh it's the uh, Steve Cochran show as we continue and I've got a headphone issue here, amongst other things. Weird technical morning going on. And uh, fortunately it's fixed now, and I'm happy to say that because uh, my friend Colleen McGrath is in studio. What a nice pre- a treat to see you.
13: Thanks for having me. It's Thanks good for to being see you here. you
1: again. Thanks for being here. Let's jump right in. It's Giving Tuesday. It is. What is Camp One Step?
13: Uh, camp One Step is a camp for children and families facing cancer. Mm-hmm. We're based out of Chicago, but mm-hmm. um, we serve kids in the Midwest. Um, we have 11 programs throughout the year. Uh, that are free of charge so we do everything from a two-week summer camp on lake geneva wisconsin to uh, family camps and sibling camps and adventure programs skiing and snowboarding and whitewater rafting and
1: and the idea being you give kids an opportunity to just be kids
13: just be a kid to get out of the hospital and have the opportunity to remember what it's like to be a child are you running that joint now I'm not running that joint, not Uh by a long shot. (laughs) They're
1: wonderful people at Camp One Step, and um, I've been familiar with the organization for a long time. Now, we met through this, and I've told your story a million times, but it's a great story to tell. You've been through a lot of very difficult things in life, a lot of health challenges, not just for yourself, but your family as well, and some real painful stuff, Mm -hmm. which led to, as a kid... Going to camp one step. So, fill people in. I know some people have heard it before, but tell people your story.
13: Sure, of course. I'm happy to. Um, So, when I was 14 years old, um, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, stage four. Uh, My only experience with cancer at that point was my mom died uh, eight months prior of colon cancer. And so, regardless. And you were a healthy kid? I was a healthy kid up till, um, you know, our first experience with cancer as a. Within our, you know, family unit was my mom. You know, we'd had distant relatives and different things, but that was our really first experience. Um, Perfectly healthy kid, active kid. Um, And, you know, all of a sudden I lost my mom and it was really hard because people didn't know if I was sad or what was going on. Sure. my dad and I just had this gut feeling it was it was bigger, and then the labs and different things were coming back to say it was bigger. Um, and eventually, I, I ended up with a stage four pancreatic cancer diagnosis. I, I,
1: there's no reason for you to be here, because no. stage four <laughs> pancreatic cancer is about as bad as it can get. Yeah. Um, so you're a walking, talking miracle. Oh. Um, <laughs> I and, appreciate that. And a reason for people to be hopeful yeah. and optimistic about life, because you've got a lot of reasons where you could have been in a funk forever definitely um
13: that's the magic of camp though to me.
1: well it really is so yeah. so as i remember the story your dad heard about this and he wanted to take you to camp what was your reaction at 14
13: um so yeah at that time my uh doctor and nurse on the oncology floor were helping run our volunteer medical program at summer camp and um i had asked to quit treatment and let myself pass away and at 14 I, at 14 it, it was it was bad i spent Brutal. six months in a hospital i I well, I can't imagine
1: how awful it must have been for you but I also think about your dad after losing your yeah. mom and then seeing his his little girl going through this.
13: Oh yeah, I can't I can't even think about it but um He really believed it was my choice, but uh, he was a smart man and knew he was going to try everything he could. And that led to um, my nurse and doctor agreed to sign off on letting me uh, quit treatment as long as I tried a camp on Lake Geneva, Wisconsin uh, for kids like me with cancer. And I thought they were crazy. I probably thought that was the most insane thing I'd heard in six months of chemo and surgeries and everything. I, I just pictured a bunch of sick kids, and I didn't understand and how you that you Whatever help. time
1: I have left, I don't want it to be that. No,
13: because it seemed to me like it was going to be, you know, a hospital floor with sure. arts and crafts or something like that. And, um, you know, my dad... My dad agreed. And so by default, I agreed because I usually got my way with my dad at that Mm -hmm. point in life. I'm guessing, sure. Yeah, we'd gone through a lot. So I usually ended up uh, getting my way with my dad. (laughs) And uh, so I was like, I can get out of this for sure. Um, Month after month went by. He filled out all the paperwork, all the medical paperwork we're sent in because we have an incredible medical team that can take care of me and our kids just like they could take care of anyone in a hospital. Sure. And uh, all of a sudden, it was the day before and i refused to pack and he was packing for me and the next morning we were in the car um
1: and you're an emotional mess
13: i'm an emotional mess
1: and I you're locked,
13: mad i'm mad i locked myself in a mcdonald's bathroom on the way up there i didn't want to go so badly um which again uh, a dad with a 14 year old daughter i don't really think he knew how to handle that situation no, that either n- not great um but we went and he dropped me off and i was mad i was scared and then within a few hours...
1: Um, Your life changed.
13: My life changed. I felt hope and happiness, and I saw kids just like me. I saw kids who were cancer survivors, which I couldn't even see that far ahead. Of course not. I could only see how miserable I was in the moment. So for the very first time, it, it was an opportunity to really think about um, my future, and I hadn't thought about that.
1: And you had this amazing experience, and we'll talk more when we come back after the break, but... Um, uh, y- your dad wasn't out of the woods yet because you were mad at him going home, too. I was. <laughs>
13: because
1: I was. you didn't want to leave.
13: I didn't want to leave. We had a two-week summer camp. Look
1: at you, you difficult daughter. I know.
13: You're... He picked me up mad because I was only sent for one week.
1: <laughs> well, what a good story. And it's just a testament to what uh, happens at Camp One Step. It really is life-changing. It is. The walking, talking miracle of Colleen continues in a moment. We continue with Colleen McGrath, one of the great stories you've ever heard on this show. And I hope that you've uh, liked a few that we've brought you. All right, so Camp One Step. How do kids get involved with Camp One Step? Because if they can't afford to go, we scholarship them in, right?
13: Yeah, that's a great thing. We have 11 programs throughout the year, and they are all free of charge to our campers and their families. So they can join us for one of our 11 programs throughout the year at no cost. Um,
1: And are the hospitals referring kids to you guys, or do they hear in other ways?
13: Definitely. Um, a lot of our medical team works in different hospitals across the Midwest, and they're huge advocates for us. Um, you know, on more than one occasion, I hear our doctors and our nurses say that, you know, we have a medication that they don't provide in the hospital, and that, you know, we can treat their spirit. And if we can treat their spirit, they want to fight the disease. Right? Yeah. Has
1: anybody tested that? Is there a way to quantify and test that where, you know, it's not medication? Because the medication is important, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the idea that you... Uh, turn kids who are sick over to fun yeah. and to be normal and the positive effect it has on your body and your disease.
13: Right. I mean, I, we haven't yet, but I hope we can someday because yeah. I think, well, I know I'm not the only story like mine where Camp One Step's the only reason I finished treatment and that I'm here today. It literally saved my life.
1: You met a lot of people and, and you've lost a lot of friends uh, through the years, I know, and, and kids that you uh, you got to know back then and kids that you know now. Um, Even with all you've been through, it's uh, going to be difficult. How do you process the day when you have kids around you that have gone through what you've gone through, and you know they've got a tough road ahead?
13: You know what's really interesting about that is um, it's a family. So regardless of what anyone's going through, it's the most supportive place I've ever been in my life. But um, cancer's on the back burner there, right? Like the primary focus is just having fun. Uh, You know, even our medical team, you know, they hand out meds while the kids are still in the middle of their activities or (laughs) do whatever they can (laughs) to not remove them from the joy that they're having. And it's really, really special.
1: And to address what you brought up before, and that's that image that somebody's doing a leather wallet and arts and crafts on the floor of a hospital, <laughs> it's not that at all. It's rock and roll, right?
13: It's not. It actually looks like any other summer camp kids sleep away at throughout the year. You know, you get there, and it's majestic. It's it's a little bit of forest. It's Lake Geneva, which, you know, is beautiful beyond measure. And um, it's, you know, rustic cabins, and um, it's just during the summer, it's filled with hundreds of kids that are just laughing and singing and bringing joy, like constantly to everyone's face. It's there's really great.
1: Some phenomenal photography on the uh, website of uh, kids just smiling ear to ear. And uh, there's one photo in particular that uh, always chokes me up when I see it. But it's just it's a string of kids holding hands, looking out as the sun mm-hmm. is falling over. What is it? A lake? Or it
13: is. It's a lake. Yeah, Yeah. it's our, it's our, one of our programs camps outdoors for two weeks in the summer and they were on um, uh, a two day camping trip and they took it.
1: But it's just, it's the sun's coming down, but not for these kids. No, they're going to get up tomorrow and they're going to do it again. Exactly. Um, What was your favorite thing about camp when you had that first experience meeting everybody or just being able to forget about the cancer for a while?
13: You know, for me, the I, I think what camp did for me is all of a sudden I was in um, a family of people just like me. I'd never seen a cancer survivor before I went to camp, let alone a teenager. You know, all of our kids come from schools or school districts. where my, They might be the only kid that's experienced pediatric right. cancer. So instead of being the only one, they're one of many, right? And um, scars or being bald or having a port, all these things aren't something that... I think sometimes when you're a teenager or a kid and you're in school, it can be something you want to hide or it can be shameful because you just want to be normal. Right. And then all of a sudden, because you're amongst people just like you, you are normal. And it's really, really special.
1: For those who have uh, had an opportunity to visit the camp, um, uh, they know how special it is. But for any of us, <clears throat> if we went to Camp One step, especially in the summertime, what would we be most shocked to see?
13: I think you wouldn't realize it's a camp for children with cancer. it no, just you know, looks there. like it. It, ju- it looks like a sleepaway camp, um, <laughs> and I think you know people sometimes uh, think of like I did. You think of this concept of going to a sleepaway camp for children with cancer, and you're like, oh, cool. What is this? Like a mobile hospital? Like you're trying to trying to grasp what your current life situation is, and then what you're going into. And again, like it it's just it's your childhood it's it's joy it's adventure it's opportunity it's a chance to try things that you might not have thought possible and the other great thing about camp is you know sometimes cancer can have long-term effects on so many of our kids and you know on a cancer patient and everything we do is adaptive so every child can experience everything they want to within our programs
1: do you see this as you found this or this life mission found you
13: you know, that's funny. I, I it found me. I remember being in college, um, and Saying to my dad, well, what do I major in? Um, The only thing I want to do is work for camp, and I'm older now. So back then there weren't really nonprofit degrees or, you know, things that really uh, fit what this would be. We also didn't have employees then because this was quite a while ago. Right. So um, I I said to my dad, I was like, well, then I just need to find a career that allows me to volunteer as much as possible, and then you know, little by little, this all shaped out. So
1: And, um, and what is your title now?
13: I'm our social media coordinator, so okay. I get to do all the fun digital world type things.
1: But when camp's in session, you're not sitting in the stuffy office. You're out No,
13: there. I, I get to be at summer camp or winter camp and some of our other programs throughout the year and um, get to capture the moments and the memories these kids are creating.
1: Uh, before we run out of time, um, I'm going to put you on a spot, because uh, yeah. there's a million stories about kids you've uh, gotten to know and love through camp. But give me one of your favorites.
13: Uh, that's a really hard question. I'm sure it is. I think... Um, you know, one of my favorite stories, and there's a million, you know, watching a child that's an amputee ski for the first time. Um, and, and just and, seeing the joy on their face. Right. And and realizing they got their athleticism back, you know, but I think one thing that's really special is so many of our kids, um, you, you forget about little things like never having the chance to learn how to swim. Right. Right. So then uh, we have a really great team on our lake that helps coordinate swim lessons and, and things like that. And then seeing... Um, a whole community of our campers um, around the pier in the lake cheering that child on as they learn how to swim for the first time. And it's really that sense of family and community and that um, all those accomplishments are celebrated together.
1: Well, you know, I think we're all here for a reason. And I think you're here for the reasons that you've given today and the things you talk about because you change the world every day through the work you're doing and also your story. So talk about why giving Tuesday is so important to you guys.
13: Uh, giving Tuesday is super important to us. It's it's one of our big fundraising drives throughout the year, but. Um, today is super special because we have a $25,000 match from the Ellen Marks Cancer Foundation. Very nice. They will match dollar for dollar up to the first $25,000 we raise.
1: Uh, and we want to get every penny of that and more.
13: We do. So um, our goal is to reach that match and raise $50,000. And what that means is 50 kids go to camp. It costs us about $1,000 per week to send a child to camp. It's a big deal. That's 50 a very big deal. kids get to have that kind of turnaround? <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, through the month of December, our goal is to raise $120,000. So um, we're really excited. We really want to reach that goal. Um, so send them to the website. Actually, we have a really simple link right now to donate. So we okay. have two options. You can go to weheartcamp.org. Okay, good. Uh, and that is specifically for donating uh, right now. And then also you can text to donate. So you can text WeHeartCamp to 76278. We WeHeartCamp276278 to, to donate.
1: Can you name a donation, or is that a specific...
13: You can choose an amount. That's excellent. Yeah. It's well, easy. There's much to select from, or you can text in whatever amount you'd like.
1: And we'd like people to share this on their own social media we as well, would right? We love that, yeah. So what's the best way to do that? Hashtag what?
13: Um, so I would say if they could tag us at Camp One Step on whatever social okay. media platform they use, we'd love to share you know their message as well, um, or use the hashtag Camp One Step. Great.
1: Yeah, it's great to see you.
13: It's so good to see you. I look thank forward you so to doing for
1: this every us. summer and uh, every uh, and every Giving Tuesday. We're so, so, so we'll so keep lucky it up for your support. Thank oh, you. Happy to thank do it. You. Dean Richards joins me now live from Channel Nine. We have got a couple of moron tumblers, moron tumblers, and I don't mean like in a Jesse White sort of way, oh. um, but uh, beverage tumblers. And I don't have the name of the uh, oh. lovely person that sent them, but um, and we need to thank them publicly, and we'll do that tomorrow.
10: That's very nice. I was at a play over the weekend. Remember, we talked about uh, the 15-year-old son of uh, WGN-TV news director Jennifer Lyons, young Casey Lyons. Very, very talented actor. He really is. He wrote, he uh, produced, and uh, put together his own musical. He wrote his own musical, and it played uh, over the weekend. At um, Theater Wit on the West Belmont, and I went to see it.
1: You, you know what amazes me about that story, though. Before you continue, is the fact that he produced it. That meaning, he rented the theater.
10: Rented the theater. He and his uh, family, his his uh, his mom and dad. His he's he's got uh, five siblings. Uh, they all got together. They were building sets. I mean, it's it, pretty cool. It, it was quite the amazing thing, and they raised three thousand dollars over the weekend for uh, pediatric cardiac care. Uh, so a really good cause, but anyway, I'm sitting in you know waiting to uh, wait, waiting for the play to start, and this lovely uh, lady comes up to me and she goes, um, "Excuse me, aren't you Dean Richards?" And I said, "Yes, I, I am." She goes, "Hi, moron."
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, you know it's the little things in life that give us such great Maybe joy. My
10: Thanksgiving weekend.
1: So, um, all right. Now, today's Giving Tuesday, and coming up uh, is one of your good friends of mine, Laura Jane Hyde.
10: Oh, love Laura Jane from Gilda's
1: Place. Yeah, and uh, she'll be on after 830. Uh, but is there a charitable organization that you haven't had a chance to mention that you'd like to throw out here?
10: Uh, I've been working probably for about 30 years now with the AIDS Foundation of Chicago, still doing fantastic work. Uh, lately, I've been doing a lot of work with the Alzheimer's Association. Sure. Um, I can't give them enough attention and raise enough money for them, as more and more people are affected by Alzheimer's dementia, all of those diseases uh, uh, that you know we we didn't ever even talk about uh, twenty years ago. Uh, so those, I guess, those are my you know my okay. favorites. I've worked with all the all the cancer organizations through the years with all the different breast cancer shows that we've done uh, through the years. So yeah, there's there's plenty of them.
1: You know, I was just told that we can move Laura Jane up to our second segment, so she's going to join us together. Oh, lovely! So we'll get her on in just a couple minutes. In the we meantime, love, we
10: love Laura Jane. We did uh, a television. You know, we do we do the annual breast cancer specials, but we did one for TV this year also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was directing her and uh, you know telling her how to talk to me <laughs> on, for TV. You know, giving her notes. Giving her notes. Yeah, that was good, Laura Jane. But. But uh, if you could act a little
1: more like you like me. Right. And we mean act. Alanis said, <laughs> Pearl Jam, uh, and another clown special.
6: <laughs> My goal is to have a new clown special every week. So far, you're getting it done. Coming back with Dean. Get Real in the Morning with Larry Potash, Robin Baumgarten, Paul Conrad, and the entire WGN-TV Morning News team, which, of course, includes Dean Richards. Weekstays, 4 to 10. All right, back
1: to Dean right now. and Thank then you for including me in that. Laura Jane, I'll join back. in a second. Um, you're hosting a Q&A with Julie Anders? I am. She'll, she'll curse up a storm. I, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs>
10: <laughs> it's the only reason I agreed to do it. When is this happening? It's uh, a week from today, December 10th, at the Chicago Theater.
1: Um, And is it preceding or succeeding something else? Or is that the evening? No,
10: no, it's an evening in which uh, uh, she uh, takes my arm. I bring her out on the stage. We sit in two comfortable chairs. Make out for a little while, sure.
1: And at some point, you doze off because you got up early,
10: right? (laughs) Tired. While the eighty-plus-year-old woman uh, puts on a vivacious evening of uh, answering questions and talking about her career, showing film clips of uh, her career. Uh, I will ask questions. Audience will ask questions. Uh, we'll have a lovely evening, make out a little more, and, uh, and then call it a night.
1: Would it be helpful if I show up and go, Hey, which one of them sound of music songs are you most sick of? Huh? <laughs> which one?
10: Be, if you could do it in your Queen Elizabeth voice.
1: no." Oh, me to ask you a question. Uh, that would probably be helpful. Except I'm very busy right now. As Queen Elizabeth chastising Prince Andrew.
10: Ah, oh, yes, Pre- chastising fake uh, Prince Andrew.
1: That's it. Um, a lot of a lot of more sets coming back to that. I forgot how huge this album was. Now it, I was playing these records on the radio. Right. That thing was literally the album of a generation. If you were an angry young woman in the 90s, (laughs) these were your anthems.
10: Yeah, that's uh, very true. I mean, she kind of uh, ushered in that era of... Uh, you know, uh, female vocalists of, of that era as well with her Jagged Little Pill album, mm-hmm. which shocked me when I got the word that the concert tour was going to be taking place. It's the 25th anniversary of that album. Wow. It How got can me that through,
3: be? It got me through raising my children. That's
10: amazing. <laughs> See?
1: See? <laughs> See? Like, I'm telling you.
3: Listen uh, to that. If if you if things are worse somewhere else, just listen to that. That's true.
1: Mary used to follow the kids around the house going, isn't it ironic yes. that you don't pick up your things? <laughs> it's totally ironic. They go, what is wrong with you, Mom? She's going to be at... Mom Hollywood needs a jagged little pill. <laughs> uh, Hollywood
10: Casino Amphitheater in Tinley Park, July 17th. With Liz Fair and Garbage, and uh, pre-sales for the show will for
1: begin. people that don't know, Garbage is a band, not uh, actual. There'll yeah. be there'll be Garbage there, but Garbage is actually a band. Yeah, They
10: don't actually import actual garbage for the show. That's the name of the band. Uh, pre-sales begin this Friday. General ticket sales begin a week from Friday, the thirteenth. And uh, she's got a new album that's going to be coming out in the spring. She's got um, one of these uh, jukebox musical, Broadway musical. Uh, based on her music that's going to be opening this week in uh, New York City.
1: Just got a little sample there of the Let It Be Christmas Choir rehearsing in our performance studio, too, for those of you who wonder what the extra noise was. I thought Ringo just arrived. Um, Another Bozo the Clown special? Yes, we've got... uh, Is it Bozo the Clown?
10: Uh, that is his legal middle name. Okay. Yes. Okay, got it. Got yeah, got that it. is his legal BTC. middle name. <laughs> BTC. Uh, we've got, uh, well, you know, we've done, done this Bozo Gar race Ray special, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, was on, on Thanksgiving. It's going to be on again in prime time. It's going to be on, on uh, Christmas Eve. But we uh, it, people uh, love this Bozo show so much that was on WGN TV for 40 years. There was a 10-year waiting list t- uh, to get on the show. When you found out you were pregnant, that's when you rode away for tickets tickets to get on the bozo show so there might be a chance that your kids uh you know could uh, come before down, they turned 18 get down to 2501 west bradley place and come and uh, see the show live so we focused in uh just on the 1960s the bob bell years mm-hmm. and uh we put together a special that's going to be on this coming friday night at seven o'clock
1: there you go that's Bozo pretty Circus, exciting.
10: The 1960s.
1: Then you go in to LA today to talk to the Star Wars kids. A little movie called Star Wars:
10: yeah. uh, The uh, Rise of Skywalker. I'm mm-hmm. going to be talking with them tomorrow, and. Uh, yeah, I'll, tell you all, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning from L.A., and, uh, and I can tell you all about Star Wars after that.
1: Yeah, and the rise of Skywalker includes him trying to get out of a chair at his age without making any noise. <laughs> the lovely and talented Laura Jane Hyde joins us, one of Chicago's greatest people. And uh, Gilda's Club Chicago uh, certainly deserves a high-five and a mention on this Giving Tuesday. Good morning to you.
12: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Hi, L.J. Hi, Dean. How are you?
10: Lovely. Nice to hear your voice.
12: Oh, well, it's always nice to hear yours, and I was laughing out loud when I was listening to you guys.
1: Well, you know, we do what we can. Um, I haven't seen you in quite a while. How have you been? And don't leave a single thing out.
12: Good, good. Just, you know, working hard to make sure that we are there for anyone that's impacted by cancer.
1: Uh, Dean, what do you want to say about, uh, about Gilda's
10: house? Well, we did, uh, you know, we've been doing specials with them and talking with them for years, uh, but we did uh, part of our... Uh, annual breast cancer special that we did on TV this year was a a tour of uh, Gilda's Club uh, focusing in on the different things that they they do and uh, I always find most fun the area uh, Laura Jane that you call Noogie Land
12: Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes
10: where uh, kids uh, who are affected by cancer but you know kids whose uh, parents uh, family members uh, friends uh, may be affected by cancer can uh, come and Uh, Talk about it, you know. Experience it. Have a you know a safe place where other people are also going through the same thing. But it's set up like a a little playground. And uh, Steve, you'll enjoy this. That I thought it would be funny on the TV special if I went in and climbed like in in the uh, like kind of kind of like the monkey bars area, and and I got caught. I got stuck. Turns out I'm not as agile as I was when I was ten years old playing on those things.
1: It seems to me that we would have picked that up after you damaged the Duke's car.
10: (laughs) That really, I should not do prop humor. I should not not do stuff like that. Well,
1: to echo what you said, though, I remember the first time I went to Gilda's Club uh, behind the famous red door, and Laura Jane, one of the things you showed me was not just Noogie Land, um, but uh, the, the side of Gilda's Club, which should be obvious to the rest of us, but maybe isn't. And that's to When it goes to what what was discussed last hour, when somebody has cancer, if they can sit down and talk to somebody else with cancer who's walking in those same steps, that's huge, right?
12: Absolutely, and it's equally as huge for the caregiver because oftentimes the caregiver has to be the strong one and is at their wit's end because they don't know what to do. So it's, it's for everyone in the entire community of that person.
1: Well, but you're doing wonderful work. Uh, the, the thing
10: that I like is, you know, they have places where people can talk and interact and share experiences. But they also have yoga. They also have, like, you know, things so you can actually physically uh, relax. Right. Uh, you know, because you're, in, in some cases, battling cancer yourself or your caregiver, dealing with, the, you know, all of the stress of that. So to be able to go someplace and do some relaxation techniques, um, to uh, go and sit and read a book uh, is... You know, it can, can be uh, very relaxing. And for you young kids, books are these things that people actually <laughs> held in their hands. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you uh, turned pages, paper pages on, words were on these pages. You didn't have to swipe. You actually turned uh, from one page to the next.
1: Right. It was in the, It was in what we call the olden days.
11: Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, and, and, and for those of you who wonder why it's called Gilda's Club, there was a wonderful lady named Gilda Radner. She's one of the funniest, most entertaining, most talented people ever. It was part of the original Saturday Night Live cast, and she ended up marrying a very famous actor named Gene Wilder. They had a lovely life together. She developed cancer and would eventually uh, die from the disease, but her legacy, and it's an amazing legacy, is Gilda's Club. Um, Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's a great story. So, you kids, you kids with your fancy phones, Google that up. Google up Gilda Radner and find out about her.
10: (laughs) I was... was, um I, I was thinking about Gilda, and I, I did look up to see when she died. I was shocked that it was 1989. It, for, it, doesn't, seem that 30 long ago. it doesn't seem that long right. ago to me at all. It's
1: crazy.
12: Right. She would have been in her 70s. And That's amazing. even crazier.
10: It's still 70, funny. 70-year-old 70 Gilda Radner. What would, would that have been,
12: right? <laughs> yeah,
1: she'd be making us laugh. Right. Uh, yeah. Laura Jane, thank you for the work you and everybody at Gilda's Club. Uh, uh, d- well, for the, what you do every day. But to donate on this Giving Tuesday or any time, where do we go?
12: To our website, gildasclubchicago.org, or you can call 312-464-9900. And even if you don't wish to give, please spread the word, because that's an even greater gift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You social media knuckleheads. Um, (laughs) Happy (laughs) Giving Tuesday. Thanks for jumping on. Thank you very much. Bye, Larry Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Dean, we'll talk to you live from L.A. Bye-bye. When we come back, it'll be uh, news time on 720 WGM. Coming up, uh, the Let It Be Christmas Choir for their very limited show that is a must-see this holiday season as we get the annual tradition of the Steve Cochran Show and live holiday music uh, back on the radio, coming up in just a second. But right now it's news time. So here's the deal, Andy. Every holiday season, we cut time out of the show. Why should the others be the only ones cutting time (laughs) out of the show? We cut time out of the show to do the right thing, and that is get holiday music on the air can never get enough holiday music this time of year. And uh, our friends from uh, the Big Yellow Box, Community Christian Church in Naperville. Full disclosure, my church. God probably knew that. Uh, We'll get the Let It Be Us kids in here to sing in just a second. A couple of plugs, though, for charities. These have been coming in all morning. By text, Naperville's newest nonprofit, Roadshow. Piloting with show choirs for kids, the Starlights and Dynamites. passionate about connecting with community through performing arts. One smile, one song, one story at a time. Roadshowinc.org to donate on Giving Tuesday. So if you've got a performance um, thing, you know, or you want to support the performing arts, perfect place right there on Giving Tuesday. 630, the Pat Tillman Foundation, headquartered in Chicago, gives educational scholarships to service members and their families, studying ways to give back and serve. And I uh, met and, and know Pat's uh, widow uh, a little bit, and she's an amazing woman.
6: Crazy story too about uh, how Pat Tillman ended up in the, uh, serving the country.
1: Right, yeah. Post nine eleven NFL player gives up an incredible NFL career to go mm-hmm. serve America and yeah. is killed. Uh, the Mac Fund m a c c dot fund dot org eight one five the Community Crisis Center in Elgin been around more than forty years uh, serving domestic violence victims of the twenty four hour hotline and shelter eight one five the Kishwaukee Symphony Orchestra. They provide instruments and instruction for kids in need. Yeah, you can go to
2: kishorchestra.org, org, and that's into Calb. All Start. right, we got some interesting statistics here. Just real quickly, yeah. Uh, Adobe Analytics on uh, Giving Tuesday: Shoppers in the South more likely to donate to religious organizations, while those in the West give to disaster relief and animal welfare organizations. Consumers in the Midwest and Northeast prefer to donate to health and education organizations. So, what are we? We're health and education. We're Midwest health and education. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. Right? Yeah. The and pe- uh, shows consumers donate about a quarter of their yearly charitable giving budgets during the holiday season. Is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> well,
1: pick cause and support it. Let me go live now to the uh, kids from uh, Let It Be Christmas. Good morning.
5: Good morning. Hey, Steve.
1: How are you guys? We're
5: so good. Identifi- Merry Christmas.
1: Identifi- and Merry Christmas to you. Identify yourselves.
5: Well, my name is Alec Bramlett. I'm the director of Let It Be Christmas. It's the original Beatles rock opera nativity story.
1: And we've never met, have we?
5: Uh, we've met a few times. Oh, we have. Okay. Yeah, you just don't remember. You might remember my brother, Eric Bramlett. He's the producer of our show.
1: No, doesn't ring a bell.
5: Also in studio, we've got John Boda, Nick Welter, Anna Bramlett, and Justin Treesenberg And we are so excited to sing some Beatles songs for you, because to us, Beatles equals Christmas.
1: Well, and here's the deal. Nine performances over three weekends. This, next, and the third weekend of the month. And you need to get on it, Right.
5: That's right. Tickets are selling fast. We've got tickets available for this Friday night, which is opening night, so it's a super exciting night and a great night to come. Um, But yes, like you said, nine performances. Go to letitbechristmas.org to get your tickets fast.
1: And Ringo will be there?
5: Uh, We've invited him. Okay.
1: This is the beautiful uh, performance space uh, at the Big Yellow Box on Ogden Avenue for Community Christian Church. And again, the website for information on all things is what?
5: Letitbechristmas.org.
1: Okay. And there's links all over there. All right. Now, I noticed one of the, the folks in the band um, has a similar name to yours. What, what's the tie there?
5: Oh, Anna Bramlett's my niece.
1: Oh, okay.
5: Hi.
1: Get you? Hi, Anna. Hi. How are you?
0: So good. How are you? I'm
1: good. I'm good. good. How does it feel working with Uncle?
0: Um, It's fun. <laughs> it's fun.
13: Yeah.
5: No subtext there it's at
0: fun. all.
1: I heard a question mark after It's Fun.
13: It's fun.
1: Uh, okay. Whoa, easy. It's fun. Was she it's troubled good. during Thanksgiving, Phyllis?
5: Uh we did not spend Thanksgiving together. <laughs> 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 not not for any reason in particular. They uh-huh. were out of town, I think, yeah. Okay,
1: all right. It'll all be in the book. Um, well, I'm glad all you guys are here. When we come back, you're going to sing a couple songs from the show for us. Uh, stand by for that. The Swiss family Bramlett is uh, about to sing uh, from the hills, because uh, they're alive with the sound of music, um, <laughs> with a whole bunch of Beatles good stuff. Let It Be Christmas, rewritten with very little legal trouble, which... Uh, we think is good. Uh, And I think you're going to be amazed, and I hope you get a chance to see the show. We'll remind you how to do that again, but take it away, fellas, and you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen.
8: Love, love me do. You know I love you. I'll always be true. So please, love me do. Whoa, love me, do. Love, love me, do. You know I love you. I'll always be true. So please. Love me, do. Whoa, love me, do. Someone to love. Somebody new. Someone to love Someone like you Love, love me do You know I love you I'll always be true So please Love me do Whoa, love me do Yeah, love me do Whoa, love me do she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Come on. How good is that? That's ridiculous. I mean, look at the time. It's 8:50 in the morning. You can't <laughs> sing like that at this hour. I can probably talk like that in this hour. Thank God they brought Anna. Exactly right. <laughs> Uh, Eric, Justin, Ellick, Anna, Nick, John, all great job. Um, Again, if you just turned your radio on, this is all part of Let It Be Christmas, the epic theater company presenting again this year. Nine performances only over the next three weekends. Get your tickets now. Uh, And how might I do that again?
5: Go to letitbechristmas.org.
1: Say that one more time.
5: Letitbechristmas.org.
1: All right. Now, um, the concept of this show is how old?
5: Well, we've been doing it for 12 years, Steve, and uh, that's about how old it is. (laughs) Okay, good answer. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is our 12th year so in so really, 12 years it really started as a small show as a one act uh each year we just kept getting inspired by Beatles songs that could fit different parts of the story so we added the shepherds we added the wise men uh now we have elizabeth and zechariah's story and their miracle as part of our show we've got uh the prophets that have you know that predicted jesus birth you know before he was born so mm-hmm. like, we've got all these different things that have now um formed into a two act show, two hours with a fifteen minute intermission. Wow. Um it is uh it's an amazing uh thing to see. You really can't can't describe it. You gotta see it for yourself. So if I come out and bring McCartney and Ringo, that's cool with you? It would be really cool with me. I just want to meet and greet, maybe uh an autograph or just a spot of tea or something. Well, what about Ringo and McCartney?
1: You want to meet them, too, right?
5: Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, Oh, okay. but yeah, you, too, Steve. <laughs> I would love to sit down with you and talk more about the show, of course. We're I for- want to hear another song. What else are you going to sing? Well, we're going to sing the Wise Men uh, song. Okay. They sing the song Because, as they bring their gifts to the baby Jesus.
1: Whenever you're ready, we continue. It's Let It Be Christmas.
5: Because the world is round It turns me on
1: to let it linger for just a second a dramatic moment were there any anybody to pull a muscle and hitting a couple of those notes that, that that hurt a little bit yeah i suppose it did <laughs> what is the shortest song in the show
5: oh gosh that's a good trivia question um what do you think justin I'm so tired. That's a Yeah, that's a pretty short one. We've, I thought that was the case. And as you know, we just started the 5 a.m. to
1: 9 a.m. shift this week where yes. the show has been pushed back an hour. And coincidentally, I'm so tired. Uh, so could you give me just a little of that? I know I'm putting you on the spot. You're not prepared for it, but you're an incredible professional group. A little bit of I'm so tired.
5: Yeah, a little I'm like. so tired. This is Joseph's song as he's contemplating whether or not to stay with Mary or leave her. Sure.
8: I'm so tired I haven't slept a wink I'm so tired My mind is on the blink I wonder should I get up And fix myself a drink No, no, no I'm so tired I don't know what to do I'm so tired, my mind is set on you, how on earth should I call you, but I know
1: what you would do, that's it, it's (laughs) really, really true, I mean the part about me being tired, (laughs) so topical, yeah, very, very timely, well I love you guys, you know that, and uh, I mean really, the Epic Theater Company, they're amazing. Multiple productions every year, um, and uh, that's just all top-shelf stuff. So one more time, let's do a blatant plug. In true show business fashion, how might I get tickets for Let It Be Christmas?
5: Christmas LetItBeChristmas.org for tickets to the coolest Christmas show in the country.
1: And uh, thank you again to everybody. Thanks to uh, Justin and Anna and Nick and John and, of course, Elec and Eric. And don't fight in the car on the way
5: back. Thank you, Steve. All Merry, right, Merry so there you go.
1: Merry Christmas to you. Facebook.com, Epic Theater Company, uh, communitychristian.org slash Christmas as well. John Williams coming up. Stand by for that in the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom is where we'll go at nine. Uh, a couple other uh, charitable causes here to mention on uh, Giving Tuesday. Uh, Good Shepherd Manor and Moments, uh, a residential facility for 120 mentally and physically challenged men. Similar to Misericordia, goodshepherdmanor.org. Huntington's Disease Society of America is a very important cause, uh, as is triple R pets, triple the letter R, pets community cat group that works across the south and southwest Chicago and Cook County areas. Uh, Feed My Starving Children is a great, great, great organization. I
14: like those people. Yeah, they're really I like good. all these people, but I've done yeah. some work with them, and that's what a wonderful organization.
1: We've got a lot of pet stuff. Fat Cat Rescue. <laughs> FatCatRescueInc.org <laughs> in Wadsworth. It's trying to stem the tide of the feral cat population.
14: Oh, I thought that was about politicians.
1: Yeah, yeah. The rich guys running for office. <laughs> And uh, let's see one more Christmas Cheer Foundation, a five hundred one c three charity, uh, Christmascheer.org. Check that out as well. How are decided you? Decided to
14: rescue a fat cat on the county board, but it turned out that wasn't what the charity had in mind.
1: It, you know, and then you got to start your own organization. It takes a lot of
14: work. <laughs> uh, you know, here is the problem, Steve. I've I've be- i become jaded or cynical. I'm I'm not on the let's get Eddie Johnson bus, and I I, I, I guess I'm supposed to be. What he did was wrong,
1: whatever it is that he did. You know what I'm really uncomfortable with? The continued conversation about a woman who's not his wife. I don't know what that has to do with the story. Well when the mayor was on with Anna Devlantis yesterday in the afternoon. How about that for a first day for Anna? I was so
14: I was so ticked at her. I walked <laughs> right, floor, right, are you right, kidding right, me? Right, right, That's right. not even fair. This right. is cheating. You've got the mayor on the most important day of the year. Yeah, how about that? But they said, was it the liar? Was it the behavior? And I think it was the behavior. Even if he, she, he had told the truth to her, whatever that was, she would have fired him for that. And I don't know that that's our business. I don't think it is. Uh,
1: wow, have, are we... Having said that, the lying uh, from the uh, guy running the police department, I understand. And I think she made the right uh, uh, choice and we sent have, a signal. Anyway, have, you're going to talk about that.
14: Yeah, we got a news click about it, and that'll come your way after the news.
1: See you tomorrow.
4: Yep.